warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 12. Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Hey. Uh, yeah. What is it? What? what uh, two, episode two twelve two one two. Wow. Yeah. Did, did I make it ten seconds in without being a robot this time? You did. <laughs> you yes. did. You yes. did. Yes. Hey, Jake. What are we? What? Uh, when we do episode six one six, is it just going to be Marvel centric? The all Marvel episode. Yeah. If all we make Marvel. Six one six. We might as well. Yeah. If we make it to six one six, we might as well. It's got to be all Marvel centric. Like no mention of DC at all. No. <laughs> I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> yeah. Can we mention? I mean, we can mention DC when we're mentioning Marvel's superiority to them, right? No, I just think it should be like for one episode, just not mention them. It just should be a Marvel six one six Marvel centric episode. You know. All right. I'm down. Oh, no. I'm in. You know, I'm in. All right. Anyway. You had me at Marvel. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a democracy. We can talk <laughs> about this. We can, we can take a vote later. All right. Anyway, we do have a, a special guest joining us this week, uh, from the Space Cowboy podcast. We have Mr. Steve Miller. Steve, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. Happy to have you, man. You were on episode 200. This is like your full fledged. It's like now we're giving you like, uh, a, a full episode. Yeah, I, I feel uh, I feel somewhat special. My girlfriend called me out for uh, being a little fanboy yesterday about it. Really, <laughs> but, really, really. Yeah, I tend to get excited about it because, like, I I like listening to you guys. You were you were my first podcast that I ever started listening to. So yeah. you know, getting a chance to be on the show and talk with you guys is it's sort of surreal. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not like that for you guys, but it is for me. So she just couldn't be happy for you. She couldn't be supportive. She had to like, she had to kind of like uh, throw your face in it a little bit. A little, but that's her style. That's why. Steve, I love her. it's just me. She doesn't. She doesn't. She isn't going to listen to this anyway, right? 
No, probably not. All right, it's just us talking then, Steve. I mean, she she was she was mean, right? She was like, I'm fucking with you, dude. She, she might have been doing she might have been doing us a favor, Brian. She might have been telling him to calm the fuck down. Right. They're just regular people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fucking Brian and Jake, and they're nobodies, yeah. so don't yeah. get all hyped up. I uh, no. yeah, we we put our okay. shoes on one at a time, you know. <laughs> yeah, all that shit. What were you saying, Steve? No, she she kind of reined me in, I think, a little bit to bring me back to reality about it, but she didn't see the tear that I had to wipe away. <laughs> she brought that tear on, didn't she? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, that relationship's doomed anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking with that's you. A, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be a next episode of StartCast. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? We're not going to fuck around this episode. Um, we're going to be we're going to be diving into uh, Avengers: Infinity War trailer because it th- it finally dropped. You know, we were promised from the Russos that it would drop before the end of the year, and it did. Thank goodness. But anyway, we're going to be talking about that here in a moment. Uh, first, at the top of the show, but of course, we need to do our what is it? Uh, oh, I want to thank some listeners. I want to thank uh, a donation from Ethan Samford. And he sent me, oh, Ethan, I forgot your message. I had it pulled up. Damn it. Ethan, I am sorry. I should. Was it a a solid message? It's, it was a very, no, yeah, it was a really nice message. It was really nice and I should have had it ready and pulled up for him. Oh, I feel like a shithead. I even have it in my notes here that he sent me the message on November 16th. So it should be in my November 16th pictures. So now I gotta scroll past all my dick pics and find his one <laughs> message. <laughs> I just, just keep the dick pics to Snapchat, man. Stop texting them. That's like I don't know so why, and I don't send them to anybody. They're just for me. It's my own dick. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Is that a little strange? Is that strange? Are you checking for like irregular like bumps or something? What's going on? No, it's, I just I enjoy looking at my penis. It calms me. There's there's times where I can't look at it, and so you know. Okay, I found the email. All right, I can done. <laughs> it's done. a bit strange. Yeah, though. that's my verdict. I was just like, what can I vamp about? Oh, looking at my own dick. Here we go. All right, found <laughs> Ethan's email. <laughs> uh, Ethan Samford, uh, you guys help me. You guys help me every week. Get through my day, and I can't thank you guys enough for creating such a thrilling show to listen to. I'm always sitting in my seat thinking, what would Brian say? Or even Jake, or even Jake would probably think that's stupid. I don't know you guys personally, but I would definitely crack open a cold one with you any day. I started listening to y'all after I'd gotten kicked to the curb, which was quite depressing, but you guys got me through the days, but I'm glad I got introduced to your show again thank you and that's from ethan thank you so much ethan yeah that was nice i'm glad you found that That, that's solid it's always nice when we can uh uplift someone's day like that yeah exactly ethan was telling me about i kind of got in contact with him he was telling me about how he was like thank he was telling his girlfriend that he was going to be on this podcast he was all excited she made him cry and then they broke up so i don't know (laughs) yeah i know no i'm fucking with you that's steve's story I just kind of flipped it, right? <laughs> did you? Did, did I say that to the point where you guys believed me? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> no, it was deadpan enough where I was with you. I okay, thought, I thought that was the. 
I didn't make the uh, jump to the Steve stuff. I I hope Steve's not quiet because he's reevaluating his relationship, but I I don't know either. So. He's got the mute button hit right now, and they're breaking up. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm here. <laughs> and then I also want to thank a new Patreon patron, uh, James Pinal O'Connor. So thank you guys so much. All right, it is time. Time for iTunes reviews. All right, that entire time while I, that fucking <laughs> iTunes bumper was playing, I was like, Grabbing my Ethernet cord to plug it directly into the cable, the router. It was like seriously. I was going through like my own thing here. That uh, theme song even talks about your dick not your dick not working. So that's more going along what I was thinking about those picks. Oh, you're back on that, aren't you, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried about you, Brian. I don't want to lose you. Jake never got off that topic. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, we'll be talking about the Infinity War trailer. Jake's still bringing up my cock. <laughs> hey, Brian, you know what else is purple besides Thanos? Um, <laughs> As a friend, I'm concerned. There's a lot of clues here, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm glad you're looking out for my well-being. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, iTunes reviews. And now, you know, Ethan, I was all excited to find your... <sighs> Fine years, and then I, what did I do? I got rid of the other iTunes reviews that I had pulled up here. All right, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. This one comes from Leonidas, 8530, and uh, it's titled Awesome Podcast. It's a five-star, and he goes on to say, two thumbs up. Any? That's it. Two thumbs up emojis. Yeah. That comes from Leonidas, 8530. Thank you, sir. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from Jesus. My phone's blowing up with messages. Oh, <laughs> Rob, for a second, I thought we got a review from Jesus. <laughs> this is surely going to be a one-star review. Uh, now it comes from, uh, K. Ryan Bradshaw. It's titled Knock Knock. And it goes on to say, who's there? PCL. PCL who? Fuck you. You don't know the leftovers. And he goes <laughs> I was on to say, uh, really wanted to one-star this for Jake, uh, but it would be a lie. My favorite podcast. Thanks, gents. P.S. P.S. Who are these guys? Do you remember that one? Remember that? Yeah, Yeah, I love love that. I'm going to give his uh, knock-knock joke a a one-to-five-star review. I'm going to give it a two-star. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. It wasn't that good, right? No, no, a little bit of effort. The only thing keeping it from a one star. Was it, it plugged us? Was it the? Was it a call back to Jay's? You don't know me, motherfucker. Was that it? Uh, yeah, I like that. Was part of the stuff I liked. I'll bump it up to a three then. Right. Look, right. you know, it's You're a deep a little bit cut. More giving than me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Next one is titled "Intravenous Therapy." It's from Brandominus Rex. And uh, goes on to say, as soon as I get to work, I inject myself with this fan 
fucking-tastic podcast of Ivy Drip to get me through eight hours of cubicle servitude and corporate tomfuckery. As always, light the fires and kick the tires. Five-star from Brandominus Rex. Light the fires and kick the tires, huh? Yeah. I like that. I kind of like that. That reminds me of, like, it's, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of something like Dennis Miller used to say back in the day when he was cool. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I say, it, it sounds like it came straight from the 90s for sure. Oh, yeah. That's that's straight up, like, 90s Dennis Miller right there. You know, he's signing off a weekend update. He's like, all right, guys, and remember, as always, light the tires and kick the fires or whatever the fuck he said. <laughs> Yeah, light, the the, and... light the fires and kick the tires. All right, I'm sold. I'm in. All right. Br- Brandonimus Rex. Yeah. 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 Uh, this uh, next one comes from Squirt Loader. And uh, it's titled, <laughs> titled appropriately, Makes You Squirt. And uh, oh, man. there you go. Oh, oh. Awkward silence. I don't know what's going on. That might have been the best compliment we've ever got, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it goes on to say, this podcast is a big change from the macho shit I typically listen to. Sometimes my nerd cock needs to spew, and when that's the case, I listen to these dorks. <laughs> very, very odd. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know what to think about that one. I just don't know how much of a metaphor it is. That's That's... That's what decides whether or not it's weird or not. You know, if it's complete metaphor, then yeah, it's cool. But if it's if it's literal, then I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Hey, man, if if this guy's using us to get off, I mean, I, I'm not there. So like, more power to you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, who are we to judge? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <sighs> We're gonna get some guy that tries to use us to get off, but can't, and then get that one star review. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tried to listen to this, but I couldn't get off. <laughs> I read this guy's review that said he was yeah. coming all over the place. Jake shouldn't only be worried about Brian's dick. He should be worried about mine, one star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blue balls for a week after this podcast, one star. One star. All right, next one titles. Uh, it's titles. Uh, next one titled, I'm Home. It's from Rodimus Prime 85, and it goes on to say, Holy fucking prostitutes, Batman. I finally found a podcast that reflects my love for both nerddom and profanity. This podcast duo thread <laughs> intricate and diverse uses of the most profane language through the variety of pop culture topics showing where the fuck things fell off the tracks or how badass a new show may be. And bonus, they don't try to smash all their ideas in one hour. That's yeah. from uh, Rodimus Prime 85. I like that. I think I'm going to give that the uh, coveted iTunes Review of the Week Award. Uh, I liked it. That was, that was good. That, that award did not exist up until 10 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. That's not true. <laughs> the coveted. The coveted iTunes Review of the Week Award. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Rodimus 85. Guys, I'm introducing something completely new into canon. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have Flashpoint, and then they will all, it will have existed since oh, then. Yeah, then I will officially be an off mic producer, and uh, <laughs> oh, no. and Dan Hill will be back on the show hosting. <laughs> the Flashpoint episode bring back Jay and Frank. Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, speaking of awkward silences, right? <laughs> Sorry. Ah, there's never an awkward silence when that fucking guy comes all over our show. Um, I can't remember his name. Anyway, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Did you guys? All right, uh, goodbye, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, let's see here. Uh, burr, 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 burr. Yeah, I did that. Fuck. Um, let's see. Here. Now you're self-conscious about it. Oh no. Yeah, I know. I, I don't even want to do the <laughs> ba, 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 ba thing anymore. Let's talk about the Infinity Trailer. Let's dive right into it, guys. We're gonna do our own Marvel news section a little bit later in the show, but right now I wanted to dive into the Infinity War trailer. Uh, we'll rate it here in a moment, but it broke the single-day viewing record with 230 million views. In a single day. Do you think Marvel learned something here that when you create this fever, this anticipation, that this is what you get now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Disney does a really – I don't know. if Is it something in the way that Disney puts these trailers out? Because they seem to be the one that breaks all these records. I mean before yeah. this, wasn't it Beauty and the Beast? Well, Beauty and the Beast, but something did come along and beat that though. I mean it just keeps – Was it going. another Disney movie? Though? I don't I know. If like it, yeah, it may have been. I, I'm not sure. But I, I know Beauty and the Beast was there and then that got beat, you know, right after – Probably by Star Wars, another Disney. No, movie. no, no, no. I think I think no. I think Beauty and the Beast was the one that actually beats the that beat Star Wars, right? Yeah, it beat Force Awakens, but then yeah. I'm saying last oh, last, last Jedi. Jedi may have taken it right yeah, after possibly. that. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know, man. I all I'm saying is like I feel like they know how to create this fever. Um for, Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm yeah. agreeing with you. They are buzz masters. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Before we jump into the actual trailer, I'm going to ask you guys because I, w- I kind of want to know what you want from this film. Like I, you know, I'm going to answer first here because and give you guys a little bit of time to think. But I guess for me, I, I do want it to feel like as I'm watching it that anything can happen at any time, that anybody could die at any time, and I also want to feel like. I don't want this to feel like Lord of the Rings where we know the source material and we know Sauron is not coming back. Spoilers for Lord of the Rings. I, I, but I also don't want to feel like it has to get to the point where Thanos – like we know Thanos is going to get all the, the stones. I want it to feel like maybe there's a chance that he doesn't get the stones. You know, If the movie can trick me into thinking that, I think the movie's going to be a success because I think I, Thanos is going to be a formidable foe even without the rings. I mean, even without the rings, he's a formidable foe. It's just once he starts to accrue rings, I still want it to feel like there is a chance that he's not going to get all of them. Now, of course, he's going to, but I don't know. I just want the movie to kind of trick me into thinking like – because they can do anything they want to with these stories. They don't have to adapt it 100% to the Infinity War. And I think if they can kind of like pull that off here to where like we don't know what they're going to do and where they're going to take it. I think that that's I think that's a cool thing. Like I, you know, they're already taking a lot of stuff from, you know, the Hickman run with these with the Black Order. They're not just doing all Jim Starlin shit. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I like your answer a lot, Brian. I um a lot a lot of your stuff about the Infinity Gauntlet and whether or not you know actual being drama and if he can put it together or not. Because what I was going to say is what I want is the gathering of the stones to be taken seriously. Yeah. And for it not to just be like movie BS, just getting us from point A to point B. Like I want that stuff to have some gravita 
Yeah. You know, like yeah. I always liked Thanos quest that came out before infinity gauntlet, just as much as infinity gauntlet, like the lead up to the story in the comics was almost half the fun. And I, it would be a mistake to just warp speed towards, okay, he's got the gauntlet and now it's all out war against the Avengers. I really hope they do, uh, give it some time. And I think that kind of stuff really would help build up Thanos as a legitimate bad guy, having him, you know, have to go gather all the stones. And like you said, hoping that it's not a foregone conclusion that he even does. Yeah. I don't want some kind of like, and I don't need cheap laughs either. I, the trailer, I'm going to be honest with you, looked very serious, very serious. I want there to be some laughs, but I don't want there to be as many cheap laughs. I don't want them. Here's a cameo of the Rolling Stones, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, and I think, I think it's very easy to not get cheap laughs here. Honestly, yeah. like these characters at this point are so rich. There's so many movies that there should be plenty of ways to get really good laughs yeah. just by some of the interactions of these characters for the first time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Of course, Thor and the Guardians. Uh, Steve, what are you wanting from uh, Infinity War? Um, I mean, I guess I I've been a little harsher towards Marvel movies um, in their in the run of the MCU, and they've always. I mean, I I enjoy a movie that makes me laugh, but I want some you know, some, some stakes there for my characters that I'm watching and, you know, maybe some feeling of possibility, like they may not make it to the end. And I feel like a lot of them have been like, like that. And this movie is definitely seems to be showing me that, you know, it, they're about to take a little bit of a shift in tone with Marvel movies and not everyone's going to be okay at the end of this. And yeah. I, I feel like the hype they've built, built behind Thanos, um, is, I've heard people complain about the fact that, you know, they've been stretching it out for however many movies. And it's like, yeah, but when he gets here, it's, you know, it's an understanding of what he's capable of. Like there's, we haven't seen anything like him yet. So I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, it's, it doesn't end up going like the age of Ultron route and not being, you know, a great movie. Yeah, that's good. I'm really worried that I'm going to hate the black order. That's one thing that I've, I've been concerned about, that they're just going to be special effect bad guys for the uh, to beat up, and yeah. they're not going to have any, like, you know. I, I think they're going to be errand boys for, for Thanos getting getting stones, right? I mean. Yeah, I, I, I just want them to be cool or just not have them at all. I'd rather it just be Thanos. I mean, in the comics, they're actually, I mean, but, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Hickman's Infinity Run, and they had plenty of time to flesh them out. Um, I, I feel like this could be another – like I, I think they're very cool in the comics and you get to know these characters and, and who they are and like their different abilities. But like I feel like this could suffer from being like another Guardians of the Galaxy where you know Ronan's a cool character but we don't see that in the film. So yeah, especially Hickman, with – you know, he draws everything out so you're exactly right. Well, yeah. and I mean they could get lost in the mix here. You know what I mean? I mean you're dealing with – I don't know, 50 plus characters already. I mean, and, and, and they're just going to be like, you know, Thanos' lackeys and, uh, they might not get their, you know, their due diligence as far as the like, being fleshed out characters. I, I don't see that there's any way that they could flesh them out. I, I really don't. Um, yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I guess I'm just worried about them and whether or not that works or not. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but I don't know. I have, if anyone can do that kind of stuff, it's the Russo brothers. I mean, I feel like Civil War proved 
that they kind of know that formula for doing kind of the equivalent of a comic book splash page in a movie, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, or okay. You, I mean, that, that's great. I mean, they did a great job, but they already, they were working with mostly characters that we've seen in other films before. And like, and here we are. I mean, most of these characters are returning characters. So a lot of the groundwork's already been set up for them. So right there, you know, they, a lot of their job's already done for them. I, I, but I think they are great at putting together an ensemble cast. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say like, just like Justice League, that introduced Steppenwolf and, and some of these new, they did not, I mean, they didn't really do anything for us. And that's, that's what I'm worried about here is like, yeah, I mean, we can have our moments with like, you know, Ant-Man and Vision and, and Scarlet Witch and all these different characters. They can all get their moments and they can have like this, these ensemble moments. But like at the end of the day, if I don't know who the fuck the Black Order are in this film and like what they're doing and their motivations and if they all feel like they just have one voice, like this just generic villain. And if like, and then they don't make Thanos look that, be- that much better. I'm just going to be like, okay. At the end of the day, some of us are going to be saying, like, why were the Black Order introduced? It should have been all Thanos and, and you know, and like – and then some people are going to be talking about these uh, – what are these um, – these outriders or whatever, his his alien army saying, like, oh, they're just more Chitauri. That's just Thanos' version of the Chitauri, blah, 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 <laughs> you know. No, so. I agree with that and that's exactly why I brought up concern for the Black Order in the first place. They just seem kind of like more nameless bad guys in yeah. the comic book universe. yeah. But and I think a lot of this movie, I mean, the Russo brothers, there's going to be a lot to do with personal relationships between the characters, especially like your core characters, you know, yeah. your Cap, your Iron Man, your Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your Bruce is, you know, your Black Widow. I, I what mean, are their relationships moving forward? Oh, man. I want to jump into this. But I, part of me thinks like – part of me thinks like are we getting Cap? Are we even getting Cap in the first act of this film? Like are uh, they, I would say no. I, w- I would say no too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like they, they I, seem I, to be playing him like a reveal, like a pull the curtain back reveal, and that's not going to happen in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's jump into this trailer. Let's stop jump into this trailer. I, I just there's certain scenes, certain images that I just kind of like want to break down, and we'll just have them blend in with other images in the trailer, and see where this conversation can take us. In the trailer, we know that Bruce Banner. Uh, ends up in Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum because we see um, Bruce Banner. It's like he's crashed in there. Yes. Yeah. So basically sometime after being on Thor's ship, that – that uh, the uh, not the Collector, uh, the Grandmaster ship that we see at the end of Thor Ragnarok, somehow he ends up in New York. So now they're separated. So Thor is like floating through space to, to – possibly be intercepted by the guardians of the galaxy or or he's on thanos's ship we don't know because that original trailer might be thrown out the window right yeah yeah i agree with that my question to you is is this the first time we're seeing banner in the movie or how, how it's weird how the yeah we have to this- because because we didn't we didn't know how how banner was going to show up oh you're talking about his first scene in the film Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are we going to see any of the Thor Banner stuff and how they got separated? Because I agree with you that that's what's gone on. But yeah. It's like how does the how does a movie with this much going on even fill in that blank? Personally, if gonna... if I'm if I'm the Russo brothers, and I don't know about you, Steve. Personally, if I'm the Russo brothers, I start off with leaving off right at the end of Thor. I yeah. agree. 
I yeah, agree. I agree with that too. I mean, it would really help to know what the fuck happened after we walked away from that because like I I think like we're still going to probably get some of that stuff that we saw in that that leaked Comic-Con trailer where with yeah. Flo- Thor floating through space and everything. Yeah. I think we're still going to get that and he's obviously at the end of this trailer which is I mean jumping to the end of it but he's you can tell in his voice and just in how he's like panting heavily like he's you know he's uh uh, upset or scared about something um he's not his normal confident self yeah i just i i i i really want to know how how hulk ends up back on earth like that it would really be really nice for them to tell us that just the cinematography of it though spooks me a little bit makes me think that this is our first time in the movie seeing bruce possibly especially with the shot of woo and strange looking where you see the hole in the roof and just the way, like, okay, I don't know, okay, it's, just, it's okay. an odd, oddly composed shot. Well, I'm jumping ahead. Already seen a bunch of Bruce this movie. That's you know? fine. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead in my notes. Then I'm going to jump ahead in my notes because it, we're, we're talking about Hulk. So there's there there could be there could be a scene where is it Proxima Midnight? One of the Black Order. God damn it! I don't want to jump ahead, but but here we are talking oh, about I'm Hulk. Sorry, you, I, we don't have to jump ahead if. I, I, I definitely could be wrong if you, you you don't think this is our first banner. I don't know. We- I don't know. I don't know to be honest with you. I think I think that there's a chance that we might not see a lot of Hulk until we get back to the third act in Wakanda. Um, but I don't know. I know we see some Hulk in Wakanda because we see it in here in the trailer. But yeah, we're jumping ahead. I I. I uh, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's let's get back to where we were. Um, we've got we've got Hulk Banner actually Banner in the Sanctum Sanctorum, and um, then we see we see a shot of Doctor Strange, Wong, Banner, and Tony Stark at the bottom of the staircase together in the Sanctum Sanctorum, and we also see in this scene Tony is holding a flip phone, so. This is the same. We're led to believe that this is the same flip phone that Cap gave him at the. Sorry, guys, my mouse there. Uh, this is the same flip phone that Cap gave Iron Man, Tony Stark, at the end of Civil War. Right, right after you know Cap had freed Hawkeye, Ant Man, and then like the few others that were on the raft, that floating prison from that film. So this is the phone that he kind of left him. You know, they didn't leave on the best of terms, but he still gave him a phone basically like in case of emergency, you know how to get a hold of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew he was going to have to need that. It's one of those movie things. Yeah. Well, and I mean we see it here in the trailer. So like at this point, we know that shit's bad. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on the phone trying to get a hold of Cap, right? Yeah, I agree. And most likely it probably won't work at this point. I would too. imagine so because there's an alien invasion. It probably fucks up the phone lines, you know, the, the yeah. cell phone towers or something like that. Because, I mean um, – but anyway, we see uh, – we do see Cap and he's fully bearded and dressed in all black. So, of course, we, we've all been speculating Nomad Cap for like the longest time. Yeah, definitely. it definitely looks that way. And that's yeah. cool. I'm excited yeah. to see that turn. Uh we also in the trailer looks like we're getting new Iron Man armor, and 
I don't know. I don't know. This sounds like it's 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 new armor. It's going to have new abilities. Some are saying that it's Iron Man's bleeding edge armor from the comics. I don't think it is. Mm, it doesn't look like that, but yeah. I guess that would be hard to emulate in a live action movie. It'd be cool. I mean, it's basically you know, is it like it's like nanotechnology that he that he has inside of his body, so he basically carries the suit with him at all times. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the color, the color scheming and technique they use in the comics for that, though, is such kind of a comic book thing. Yeah, you you would have to do it without that look, but I guess. Well, the, it the, could be the movies change the suits all the time. It's like I don't care what people said about the end of uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. That's the Iron Spider suit. I don't give a fuck what the colors were. <laughs> I agree. It's, I agree. it's an Iron Man suit, Iron Man and it's stuff. made out of metal, and it's a fucking spider. It's an Iron fucking spider suit. I'm with you 100. percent And I mean, the Iron Man—they want to sell a new sideshow collectible every time he shows up, so it's always going to be Mark something new. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> He's like, this movie, I just, my armor was so good last movie that this movie, I'm just going to use the same armor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they want to sell new statues and new toys and stuff like that. I just feel like that suit, like if they did do that, you know, that the bleeding edge suit, it would be like saved for like an Iron Man 4 if they possibly did it, you know? I, I agree. It makes more sense there than you don't really have time for all that. Right. What's going on here? Yeah. Unless it's. Unless the creation of that is directly tied into what they need to do to stop Thanos. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like, all of a sudden, they're going to start, they're going to have to, like, take some time to explain, like, he's got this new suit that's built into his skin, and it's like, you know, all this other. It's like, come on, come on. No, no, we don't need I mean, what if we went back to, like, having the same suit that Cap started off with in in his first film? I mean, we kind of laughed at that in in spider-man homecoming when we saw it on those uh promo videos i did anyway look when you go back and look at it it almost looks really bad and i think with the updating it it kind of keeps it current and not so cartoony when you look back on it yeah wasn't he in his uso suit though in homecoming no that was that was his avengers suit wasn't it oh was it yeah Okay. That okay. Avenger suit was terrible, Jake. It was terrible. <laughs> Go back and look at it. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, yeah. it's just it wasn't really until a Civil War suit where it looked like a little less colorful, you know, and it looked like a little bit more worn in. It looked more, I don't know, just that that Avenger suit was really bad. It was. Yeah. I hear you. I I guess you're right. By Winter Soldier, they'd kind of nailed it down to yeah. a little bit more darker tonish exactly you know and I, I love the brighter colors in the marvel universe especially on iron man but you yeah. know it just didn't and loki and somebody and thor but it just spider-man did, it yeah, works it did not work on cap he looked it just oh god it looked terrible it just looked like a guy with like a, a like the u.s flag wrapped around his body and like late like i don't know it was just yeah. The character's already kind of written as a cornball, so when you kind of up the ante of that, it's not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we definitely seen the trailer. What we've kind of like teased on previous episodes with the different leaks that we've heard about of Vision and Scarlet Witch having romantic feelings towards one another. And we see in one particular scene that they are looking at each other very lovingly. Oh, so, yeah. Bob yeah. Bow Wow. 
and uh, she kind of, doesn't she kind of like stroke his face or have her hand like up towards his face, and we see like yeah. the the mind stone glowing in his forehead. So, I mean, we know. I, I instantly thought about those casting rumors you talked about last week with the twins. Yeah, with the twin boys. Yeah, I I I don't know, guys. Like. We know that he's got a stone in his forehead. We've talked about this for the last couple of years that he's going to lose that. And, and we actually – we might have our answer to that question in this trailer. We see what looks like Corvus Glaive, one of Thanos' Black Order, on top of Vision and he's using his staff to possibly maybe pluck the stone out of Vision's forehead here. And we see Vision looking like he's going to scream, and the stone is actually glowing. So yeah, that doesn't look good for Vision here. Exactly. So that that was another thing I was – okay, so here's the thing. Does Vision die at that point? Or, you know, like, Jake, like, does Vision die? Does Wanda bring him back with her magic? Or, like, how I've speculated, how I really wanted to see it. Like, once it gets plucked from his forehead, he becomes the white Vision. <laughs> That's what uh. I – I would love it, man. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think the character's gonna die. They may, they may act like it killed yeah, them, yeah. and then reveal that it didn't. That kind of technique. I think you're alluding to that too. Yeah, I think no. That's what I'm saying. Like he might. It looks like he's dead, and then like Wanda with her magic and her love brings him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think that's something like that we'll get. Yeah, yeah. Like at the end of if 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 this was the end of Titanic, she would create two doors. <laughs> right? Do you think Vision will come back this movie? Yeah, or next I do. Movie? I do. I he's got to come back this movie, right? I, in order yeah. for them to have a like, in order for them to have like possible twins by the next film, right? Yeah, yeah, that's possible. I don't know. Or I don't know. Maybe she, you know she gets pregnant before he dies. Wow, they got busy in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've already gotten busy. I assume a, a lot of time has passed that we're just not going to see. It's kind of like what Battlestar Galactica does where with these Marvel movies from the Avengers movies to the Avengers movies, there's yeah. like there's that time gap in between. Yeah. And we just kind of fast forward through it. Yeah. I don't know. Just, I, like, just like Widow and Hulk were already hooking up by the time we got to Ultron, these two could already be – banging it out by the time we get to this that's true i wouldn't be upset with that either i mean if they if they just kind of thrust us into that i'd be fine with it yeah yeah i kind of the more i think about it i kind of think that's the way to go yeah yeah i mean we get it it's vision and scarlet witch it's yeah. not unnatural like the other one was yeah i totally get it. it'd be kind of nice to see that moment though but i mean if they it, you know if they're if they don't feel the need to set that up then that's fine so yeah that's a tough moment too i think in a in this serious infinity movie it's almost better to have just the lovers than to actually try to have that charming moment uh, where they're falling in love. I get it. I, dude, I totally agree, man. Like, especially with what we saw in, like, Avengers Age of Ultron. You could have left that romance shit out, right? Yeah, yeah. I think this works better where it's it's established yeah. that they're in love and the drama is in the separation that's going to happen. Yeah, show, them, show us some, like, some nice romantic moments with them, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm all in on that. Yeah. And it's, it looks like we're going to get that from this trailer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't want those romantic moments to be like in moments where everything's dire, you know? I, I do want to see <laughs> some fun, lighthearted moments that kind of make you laugh with the characters, kind of let you connect to them and, and understand their relationship. I just don't want it to be like, you know, oh, the Black Order's here. Let me put my hand on your face. I love you. 
<laughs> it's a tall order. I think you're going to get what you just described. Uh, I them throwing some comedy in there by showing just like the normal troubles of relationships and stuff. Yeah. Like something playful. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be different when you're dating a robot that's got a Mind Stone, you know? There's got to be some comedy in there, right? I want to see scenes of Vision FaceTiming with the Scarlet Witch while he's at the grocery store trying to figure out which fucking margarine he's supposed to actually get. (laughs) Oh, man. And then he's like, (laughs) no, 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 no. He's like, he's like picking out gigantic eggplants to bring home. <laughs> Is this one big enough for you, honey? Uh, anyway, um, let's talk about Thor uh, aboard a ship with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, my question to you guys is, what ship is he on? Because in the trailer, we see him looking out of a ship at a world that's basically on fire. Uh, there's different windows on this ship on, that he's looking out of. I, I, th- I think I counted five or six and that, of these windows on this corner of the ship. This is not like a section of the Milano that we've ever seen before. So this might not be the Milano. And as far as I know, wasn't the Milano destroyed in Guardians Volume 2? It was on it was on Yandu's big freighter ship, right? It never got off, right? Yeah, I think and, you're right. I and that part right. of the ship that part of the ship that it was on blew up. They took off on the on the on the, the on the vessel that so I I mean they'd either have to have by the by this time it's teenage Groot, he's in his teenage years, a few years have passed, and by this time, I mean, they've either had to have built a brand new Milano after the original, so they are on the Milano, or they're just on a completely different ship altogether. I don't know. Or are they on Are they on the Sanctuary too? Because we saw spoilers last week. We saw some of the leaked scenes, Jake, that we talked about. That scene with Thanos, and he's got his foot on top of the Collector's chest, and he's trying to shake him down for the rings and stuff like that. Like... Could that be on the sanctuary too, or is that happening on? No, that's happening in the collector's. Um, that's at, that's at his museum, right? That's on fire. Yeah, that is at the museum. Yeah, yeah it's so bizarre because in the uh, leaked, at, you know, San Diego Comic Con footage, it was obviously the Milano. Yeah, and they actually show Thor bounce off the front of the thing. Yeah, yeah, they show him bounce off the front of it. Um, th- and this very well could be the brand new Milano. They might have upgrades. It might look a little bit different on the inside, right? Yeah, don't they show a new Milano? I'm trying to think. At the end of Guardians 2, we already in the post-credit sequences. Yeah. When when we're seeing teenage Groot, we're seeing his room aboard yeah. a rebuilt Milano. Uh, it's it, yeah. it's all filled with vines and it's got posters and it's yeah. I suppose, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I remember. I'm that, just throwing it out there. I yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of Guardians 1, they had, you know, what was it? Um, the Nova Corps had rebuilt the original Milano. Yes, that's right. They they ride it away like that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway. It's I, shinier. I, yeah. I'm guessing that, that there's a new Milano or, or something. So, yeah. Um. 
Let's see. This was really the only joke in the entire trailer, honestly, too. And it was a very subtle joke. At yeah. That. Is it the, the, uh, the Mantis wave at Thor's line? Yeah. And then so, in the trailer, I like that. But I'm uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say the Age of Ultron. You know, the first trailer I thought very much was in this style too, where it was very, very serious with yeah. the uh, Ultron coming. To the only cool stuff that Ultron was going to do. Yeah, but I can't see that they're going to have. And I'm, I know you're not outright saying this. I'm just saying. I don't see them having Thanos be that kind of a jokey character. I see him making a few cracks here, but I think they're going to be very, like, sinister, dark jokes, you know? Yeah, yeah. We I, I agree. Yeah, we haven't seen anything from him in other films to make us think that he's going to be, like, an Ultron-level comedian, right? Yeah, yeah. But just tonally for the for the whole film, like, I don't – they're, they're definitely not showing any of the jokes here. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know there's a lot of them here. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you've got a movie with Star-Lord Groot, Teenage Groot, Rocket <laughs> Raccoon, you know, Star-Lord, you know, Paul Rudd, and you're telling me that we're not going to have jokes? Ah, oh, come on. You know. And not that I want to see him. Not that I want everything ruined before the movie, too, but no, I, I, mean, I don't... I don't want people getting delusional that this is just going to be nothing but straight serious from this trailer. Oh, no, no. And I mean, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get jokes. I mean, you know, we got Peter Parker in this. I mean, we're going to get jokes, but I think we're going to – they're also going to be like sandwiched in with like real moments. I, I would hope because, I mean, Age of Ultron teased that. Like we thought like, okay, Rhodey could die. And <laughs> no, Rhodey just yeah. – Rhodey ate it, you know, and I don't know. So – and he's back in this movie and he looks fine. Yeah. Rhodey always the, eats and comes back. The so. Thor stuff was some of the worst stuff in Age of Ultron 2. Yeah. On the rewatches, it's so pointless. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, Taika Waititi actually made the widow relationship kind of like make sense, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made it funny at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sun goes down. Um, <laughs> later in the trailer, we see this bright light and these giant like tech structures that are shaped kind of like rings within rings. And Thor is standing inside the center ring, and it's not really clear kind of like what he's doing. Um, he could be. He's he he is either he's either holding the structure together by holding these handles in the center of this tech-like structure, or he's pulling these handles down to activate something. That something, what it is, I have no clue. If it's, I mean, we have seen um, that one ring in the city that Peter's looking out at the window, and he sees like that floating ring. It looks almost like a portal floating in the sky. Yeah, is this the same device, you think? I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. Hmm. It doesn't look like it. They show it right after um, they show Spider-Man inside of the one that Peter Parker sees in the city, and it does look like something different. It it doesn't look like the same. Well, what, what Thor is standing in is one ring, but there's multiple rings around him that are all kind of interconnected. 
almost like this ring honeycomb or whatever. But he's in the yeah, center. Looking one. at it now, it's got like bubble wands attached to it. Is almost what it looks like. But then they get a close up of him, and he's holding onto what looks like handles. Now he's either holding this whole structure together, or he's pulling down the handles at the same time to activate something. Yeah, I'm or, leaning or, towards or, activation or by the turn, way the handles look, or turn yeah, something I'm, off. I'm either activating yeah, I'm leaning so- towards a, some kind of. Like, he's not just holding it together. It's B. He's either activating or turning something off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. We um, oh, we see Loki, and, of course, he did steal the Tesseract. Uh, we talked <laughs> about that before in our Ragnarok review, and, and it was proved to be true here in the trailer, and he, he's shown holding it. So he's clearly going to be delivering this to Thanos at the beginning of the film. Um, he doesn't look like he's so sure he's making the right choice in his facial expressions here. Well, he he knows he probably has no other choice, you know, mm-hmm. weighing his odds of survival. And I mean, you know, yeah, he's got to save his own ass. That's exactly. what Loki does. And you know, he might be. We might see Loki be at the side of Thanos throughout this entire film. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see God, that fucking toady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Parker, we see a spider sense. Apparently, a spidey sense is his hairs on his arms standing straight up. Um, <laughs> I actually so some, that happens to me sometimes when I listen to really good music. I uh, I don't know how I feel about. It. I liked. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't like a ton of like what they did with the Amazing Spider-Man one and two, but I really did like the way that they showed how Peter had spidey sense in those films. I yeah. will co-sign that it wasn't so bad. Yeah, it was actually really good in my opinion. Like it worked for me. It was kind of like this weird like chime that you kind of heard. And it just – for some reason it just worked. Like Mark Webb, that's like one of the things that Mark Webb did really well. He did like the relationship stuff, like the relationship stuff really well. And then he did that really well in my opinion. So um, – <laughs> but uh, we actually see – him with the suit on that Tony gave him at the end of Homecoming, and um, we we see. I mean, this was just not. It wasn't just an Easter egg, and I mean that was one of those things that I was kind of like fighting for. Like I think that this suit. I, I think I even mentioned that it might be something that that Infinity War Infinity War happens. Like when all shit goes to hell, he puts on the suit, and that's exactly what it looks like is happening here. But the thing is, how does he get from that bus to that suit? Because in that in this trailer, we see him in the bus <laughs> with the students. Look out the window. He sees the floating uh, circle portal or ship or whatever the fuck that thing is in the sky. The next thing you know, we see what looks like him in the in the Iron Spider suit standing on that. He's standing on one of those mechanical rings, right? I don't know if it's the same mechanical ring or a different one. I don't know if these are popping up all over the town or city, excuse me. But he's standing on one in the Iron Spider suit. Yeah, I think he just gets to it that quickly once he once he sees it. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's going to raise some questions with some of the kids in his class, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movies do a really – they don't ever seem too concerned about how many people see his identity. That's always one of the things they always do kind of a cheesy job on. So hopefully, hopefully you're right that they uh, – I don't know. It's a mysterious cut. 
Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm, I, I'm saying it could be a completely different ring. Like, that bus could be destroyed. Uh, who knows? You know, the kids are all, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, I, he could, he could make it. Ex- oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I, I think it'll probably be the same ring, but I think there's going to be some in-between there where he, they had, they go through the process of showing him kind of ditching the students that he's with and making his way there. I mean, it did kind of seem like a big distance, so it could be a different one. But I think he, there'll be a little bit of in between where he ditches his class. Yeah, he's got to get. Yeah. To, he's got. He's got to get to. Uh, he's got to get to the new, the new Avengers Tower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with Steve. It's far up. enough away that they'll probably just show him figuring out an excuse to get away from the bus. Do you think that maybe like Drony will have the suit brought to him, the Spider Drone? Mm. That's interesting. I, I like it. Yeah, I do. I like that too. Yeah, I think it's very like highly possible. Cool. Uh, he makes an excuse to get off the bus, and then he gets the suit from Drony. <laughs> There's an alien invasion. Can I get off the bus? I gotta go. Pee. I don't feel good. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to shit myself. I'm having an, I'm having an anxiety attack. Yeah, all right. All right. Look at, look at my hairs, bus driver. The hairs are standing up on my arm. I need off this bus. Do you know who I want on that fucking bus? Keanu Reeves? No, Ned. I want Ned. <laughs> I love that kid. That kid's funny. That's he's one of the best parts of that homecoming film, man. I really enjoyed that kid. Uh, yeah, Ned was good. Hopefully we get more Ned in here. Yeah. He's but, probably he's probably Sony Universe only. Sorry, Brian. No, fuck you. No. <laughs> Look forward to the Ned solo movie. These are all gonna be MCU kids on that bus. No. <laughs> I won't recognize any of them. Anyway. Uh, we get to see, uh, Thanos come through a portal to the earth and, uh, I am gonna, you know what? I am not going to defend this. I do not like his look in this film at all. Uh, you know, all the criticism, it's been warranted. Uh, he looks like a gigantic California raisin on steroids. It's, it's, (laughs) yeah, I'm with you too. I, I won't so much defend it, but in its defense, um, I will say that I don't think it's bad CG. I think I think that it's bad character design. That's I what I yeah exactly. I'm not saying it's bad CG either. I just feel like it's kind of like a uh, a compromise to Josh Brolin to say no, you're going to look like Josh Brolin so much so that you don't 100 percent look like Thanos either. It's you know what I mean. It's one of those things where. Where I mean, that was one of one of my biggest gripes with this. Even when I saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, when he's sitting on his floating throne on the sanctuary, I was kind of like, man, I miss that. Uh, you know, with, I like the helmet look that he had, but I miss like the, just like the black eyes. You know, I do you have a star eyes? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I miss that, man. You know, I it, I think it I think it makes him look evil and dark. And I get it. I mean, it's it's Josh Brolin. You want to sell the fact that you've got Josh Brolin as Thanos. I get it. I get it. Maybe, like, at least maybe put the, the character will undergo on. transformation in appearance once he assumes the power. Yeah. What's that transformation in appearance? Putting on a goddamn helmet? Yeah, and getting the, the evil eyes back, ah, possibly. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. We haven't seen him with those fucking eyes this entire time. So, did you see like the four different pictures of him from all the different movies and how like the complexion on his face, like the, the oh car- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I'm not going to get too upset at stuff like that. I mean, stuff like that happens. I mean, it happened 
in Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers, and those movies came out right after each other. Yeah. Like, Gollum from Fellowship looks <laughs> zero like Gollum from Two Towers. Color, the way he's shaped, and everything. So, I, I mean, I get it. Like, you, you're going to step up. The, the first time we saw Thanos was, like, fucking, like, what, eight years ago now? Well, the first time we saw Thanos, they hadn't even cast Josh Brolin in their role. Yeah, so, exactly. exactly. You know, and the first time we saw Hulk in uh, these films, it was Edward Norton, and they, had, they hadn't done any mocap with Ruffalo, of course, you know, so. And yeah, Ruffalo yeah, was Hulk's the, all over the place. Well, Ruffalo was the first Hulk that they did any motion capture, like, or facial, facial uh, construction with the Hulk to make the to make the Hulk look like the actor. That's the first time they ever did it was that in that first Avengers film. So okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I mean if they if they pull it off and Thanos is a is a great character, then we'll be a little bit more forgiving about the fact that he's five different shades, right? Sure, sure. I'm just saying, like <laughs> it's, it's there though. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not you know I'm not gonna sugarcoat this shit. He looks fucking stupid in my opinion. I mean, it's it, it not terrible, but not great either. I mean, I, I I think like where Marvel Marvel has done a great job, Jake. I think as far as like being able to pull off these classic comic book looks, update them a little bit, but still like hold on to like the true character. You know, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? The chin's not enough for you here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't. His his big old Jay Leno chin. Um, no, not like, enough, huh? <laughs> like, like, like I I like the changes that they made with Falcon. Like, you can't have Falcon look like nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies Falcon. You can't. Yeah, good call. You know, he can't look like he's a a Bee Gees, you know, uh, singer with wings and shit, right? <laughs> you know, and he can't. You just can't do it. And so I like the way that they've 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 updated certain characters and the way that they look, but like. Thanos, I just feel like, man, it'd just be nice if he had, like, the helmet on and, and some other things. So, um, we get to see... Yeah, yeah go ahead, Steve. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I wanted to jump in on a little bit of the Thanos stuff. I'm, I guess I'm probably more of a casual viewer for Marvel, because I, I don't really read their comics that much, and I just have... The knowledge I have from them is their movies. And, like, yeah, Thanos looks... an a shitload different from any of the other times that we've seen him. I mean, especially like his, his nose bothers me now. Cause it's the, it's the Josh Brolin nose and remember it being more pointy, but like the color, I mean, yeah, you mentioning the, the raisin, he does look like that, but the CGI of this, I mean, isn't bad at all. I'm looking at, um, just a, a freeze frame from the trailer after he drops the, uh, the, the blue infinity stone into the gauntlet and he's kind of just looking at the gauntlet just the shot of his hand dropping that in and then the shot after of his face it's really good cgi like i, I saw a couple people online trying to compare it to steppenwolf and say that steppenwolf better God, it looked better no, no. steppenwolf yeah. like a, he, steppenwolf look like a video game i mean come on yeah. steppenwolf yeah, if, like shit if i ignore you know character design the cgi is is so good it, yeah. it's, it's definitely not the problem it's no just, that's, that's what it comes, drew this picture <laughs> it comes down to character design like it comes down to the way you know they, they they're, they're depicting him with the bald head and and everything you know i i would rather him look like the thanos that we saw in guardians of the galaxy volume one when he's like atop of his throne in the in the sanctuary than what we have here Right? Yeah, I'm I'm really holding out that the way we see him in this trailer is not the only way we're going to see him in this movie. I would hope I, so. I just, yeah, 
I'm hoping where we get him in with his helmet and his armor and stuff. I, I hope that ends up being a thing. I would hope so because I, I don't like this at all. Yeah, I think he's going to have a, a more of a final form, and I, I think it's very much like the Russo brothers to be hiding a big set, a big action set piece that yeah. we're not seeing any part of here. Oh, really? I it, for me, it felt like the third act is going to take place in Wakanda, the battle for the final stone. Really, I, I was really curious about that. I was wondering if they were going after the final stone or if they needed the vibranium itself. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of this. Most of this takes place. I mean, we're, they're going to go cosmic a little bit, but I'm hearing a lot of it does take place on Earth. So it just feels like this last, you know, it feels like the last battle is going to be this battle in Wakanda. But, you know, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of saw the battle of Wakanda as kind of like the, uh, possibly the airport sequence from Civil War, like the awesome middle battle sequence that we got. Uh, and that we're still not privy to what the, the I mean, we the do final see it's going to be. Uh, we see a charging cap with, uh, what the fuck is going on in my house? Jesus Christ. Animals acting like assholes. Um, anyway, uh, we see, I mean, it, it looks like Lord of the Rings going on in this movie with, uh, yeah. With the out with the with the outriders, you know, charging. I don't know. I guess I guess you're, second act, sure. Second act. I mean, gigantic battle. Second act, sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, definitely not trying to dispute you, but I feel like that's the same feel that Civil War had too. With like all of its charging stuff ended up all just being second act stuff. Sure. Like all of its trailerific stuff, you know. Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, I just thought like the the. You know, like we've seen uh, all these other stones. We've seen every other stone except for the one last final remaining stone, the soul stone, in Wakanda. And I felt like it was leading up to that final stone. And this would be the battle for the final stone that the humans have to protect from uh, Thanos. I don't know. That's just what I've kind of like gotten from it. Just doesn't feel like much of an infinity war to me if that's the end of the movie, whether he does or doesn't get the stone. But I guess the war is whether or not he gets the Infinity Gauntlet itself. Like, it's I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we do see... Uh, a, we see... I think we see, like, one of the members of the Black Order, like, I think it was maybe Proxima Midnight that we actually see her face in this. Everybody else, we basically, we get their legs, a shot of their legs. Um, what, what part does that happen, Brian? Where we get to see what? Um, Proxima Maximus, is that what her name is? Proxima Midnight. Uh, we, Midnight. Yeah. Um, let's see here. In, is it Black Panther when he's fighting that thing? What is that thing? Is that Black Order? Uh, let's see here. It's Oh, you know what? I think Proxima Midnight was that one um, that we saw in the leaked clip. Um, the one that threw the spear in the leak clip, oh. and I think it is okay. Cap that she throws it at. And um, basically, it's a the, the Proxima Midnight, she wields a spear, and this is from the Marvel Wikia page. Uh, it's It was created from a sun trapped in distorted space-time, acting and operating as a star, supernova, and black hole at once. Um, once thrown, it may become a lance of multi-arcing energy, carrying the tremendous weight of its template sake, since Proxima suggested that she was able to exert control over its density. It's basically like if uh, it never misses its mark and it's it's lethal once it hits you. 
Um, yeah, we do. It's right after the part where Thor is holding the two levers. We do see her face clearly. Yeah, I was thinking that you saw her in the trailer. Yeah, she, she throws the spear. Yeah, and it kind of turns into multiple spears. Um, it has a. It looks really weird. We see Ebony Maw, his legs in this scene. It's a scene of destruction, and it's basically it, you just see his legs, and and there's like bodies laying on the ground so that character what he does is he could control you with his mind and then basically leave a piece of himself inside of you so that it makes him easier to control you in the future and he used that in the comics multiple times um they also show cole obsidian in this trailer taking on black panther's army in wakanda um which is now probably the battle for the soul stone. And, um, I mean, we, you know, going back and, and watching the black Panther trailer now, and we see that weird visual where things are all purple and T'Challa, it allows, it kind of like allows T'Challa to, I believe, talk with black Panthers of the past, you know, probably his father and other relatives. And that's probably because of the soul stone. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great tie in. I like it. We get this uh, awesome shot of uh, Cap, Bucky, Widow, Black Panther, uh, one of the members of the Dora Milaje, uh, Okoya, played by uh, Denai Guerrera from The Walking Dead. We also get the Hulk, and then um, Rhodey as fucking War Machine flying behind them. So, yeah. When did he, like, hook up with Cap in Wakanda? You think that he would be with Stark, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Are we 100% sure it's even Rhodey in there? It's definitely the Rhodey armor. It's Ro- it's the Rhodey armor. I, I, w- I would think it would be him. I don't know who else would the be? armor if it wouldn't be yeah. Rhodey, but I'm just throwing it out there. Sure. Um, would it be far-fetched to assume that um, that Iron Man shows up with the Hulkbuster outfit at this Battle of Wakanda? Well, we saw the Hulkbuster in this trailer, right? Yeah, we do see him, and it looks like a kind of a tree, like a like a landscape that's very much similar to the to the Battle of Wakanda scene it, that yeah. we see. It's Wakanda, and I, I hold on. Let me get let me get into this. Okay, one of our listeners, Joshua Gutierrez, he posted on our leftover army page that he believes that it's actually Hulk in the armor, and I actually have some legit spoilers here. So if you don't want to know who's in the suit, I would just fast forward. So I'm going to go ahead and play the spoiler warning right now. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your decal. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. It's... Hey, can we do a quick break after that bumper? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) God damn it. All right. But... (laughs) Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. The suspense. All right, yeah, break time. All right. <laughs> I needed that. You feeling good, Jake? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. I'm good. I drank a Red Bull right before we started podcasting, so, I mean, it was like half an hour in. I had to yeah. go pee for two uh, minutes. You could have, like, I don't know, you could have done it when we were rambling about fucking Proxima Midnight or some shit. Like, right after. That would have been weird. <laughs> like, well, no. Like, but, hey guys, and, and uh, this is who's in the suit. Hey, uh, Brian, can I go take a piss? 
I didn't realize we'd talk about it like on the air like this. I, I thought it was a natural break to just cut it right after the bumper and then just cut nah. us back in talking about the spoiler. I ain't editing shit. Just try, I was trying to do you a favor. No, making me edit stuff is not a favor. <laughs> Got to go back and listen to it and all that crap and cut stuff out. I don't late. think there was any edit. It was just a nat- you just stop it and start it right there, right? Yeah, I guess I could have done that, I suppose. I don't know. Or I could just call you out on this shit and make it awkward. <laughs> Next time I'll yeah. just use the mute button just, while podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. Just be like, Brian, I'm going to get up for a second. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you guys, if you want to know who's in the suit, it's actually Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner's in that suit. Um, they're saying that the rumor is is that Proxima Midnight uses his uh, her power to keep Banner from turning into the Hulk. And apparently there was some leaked Lego sets, uh, Lego set information that has Banner in the Hulk Buster. So here's the description from Lego. Danger. <laughs> uh, danger. Proxima Midnight captured the shooting tower and shoots on Hulk Buster Bruce Banner. Smash the missile installation of the shooting tower with the powerful fist of Hulk Buster and crush the sixth armed enemy. Reflect the punches of the Proxima Midnight. Order the Falcon to dive down to take away the stone of infinity of souls so that's, yeah that's a that's a clear spoiler there was a lot of context clues i think that would need someone to uh figure that out in this trailer too well, I yeah there was that shot of banner with the hulk buster what was it the hulk buster fist right in front of him yeah yeah that's a big that's one right <laughs> kind of a big giveaway right there <laughs> read between the lines yeah. on that one there there's actually a ton of these lego spoilers and i can read them if you guys want to hear them uh, I, I'm kind of fascinated by that. All right. Uh, this one is uh, Attack of the Riders. And the minifigures included in this set are Captain America, Black Widow, Outriders, and the Space Stone itself um, unite with Captain America and Black Widow to protect the kingdom of Wakanda from the invasion of foreigners. Avoid the fire from the thorns. <laughs> I know that sounded horrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds terrible. Captain America and the invasion of foreigners. Jeez, wow. <laughs> oh boy, I, it's a new America, yeah, I guess. I promised we wouldn't get political on this show. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> of course, fucking Lego said, fuck you. Anyway, um, <laughs> we know their agenda. Anyway. <laughs> Make Legos great again. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, avoid the fire from the thorns of the landing ships. Restrain the attacks of six armed enemies and attack. Using the shield of Captain America, pounce on the enemies with the trunkions of the Black Widow and get the Cosmic Stone of Infinity. These are horrible descriptions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, real basic, right? Yeah. Uh, the Search for Thor's Weapon is the next set. And that, that minifigure includes Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Thor, Unknown Infinity Stone. Join the Avengers who are trying to find the Axe Thunderbolt for Thor. Sit down in the cab of the rescue capsule with Rocket, Thor, and Groot and go into space. On the way to Nidalvillir, you will meet many enemies. You can be protected from them by shooting from the thorns. Land on the red planet to charge Thor's power plants in space, in the space forge. That sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not fun. Good old Space Forge. Uh, find the Stone of Infinity. 
untwist the energy ray and create an amazing axe thunderer. Why not? You know, while you're already there, might as well do it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> uh, that was so far though. That's the most interesting of the um, Lego sets you've read. I think yeah, it's kind of odd, right? Because Thor is one of the characters we do not see in that end group shot. Yeah. So, I mean, when's he going to meet up with everyone? Not until the next movie. I don't know. That's fine. I got I got one more Thor Lego set I got to talk about, so we'll we'll pick it up there. Oh, good uh, shit! Here's another. Here's a here's a Lego set that deals with one of the uh, Black Order Cl- Corvus Glaive attacks. I don't know about you, but I like that name, Corvus Glaive. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that Glaive. One. Yeah, Corvus Glaive. Um, it sounds like it either either could be a member of the Black Order or like a, a European basketball player coming over to play for the Mavericks next season. You know, <laughs> like yeah, with the uh, with the twenty seventh pick in the draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Corvus Glaive. <laughs> Is he a point guard? What's his position? He's a uh, Croatian shooting guard. He's six Ooh. foot seven, so he's a very tall, lanky shooting guard, and he he has a pretty damn good fadeaway jumper. So. Anyway, not a bad draft. Not a bad draft. Um, and this, uh, the minifigures include Steve. What the fuck? What are you thinking when I'm saying stupid shit like that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what stupid shit? <laughs> Whoa, nice answer. <laughs> I like you, Steve. Um, let's see here. Uh, Corvus Glaive attacks, and he goes. Let's uh, protect the wall of the Wacked from Corvus Glaive and his Thresher. The fuck does First that? it's kicking out all the foreigners, and now yeah. it's the wall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, shoot at the threshing machine of double gun guns thorns and a disc shooter. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I have no clue what these – what's going on with Lego? Um, quickly open the gate so that the Black Panther can enter the battle, but do not forget to close them immediately. So that the enemies do not break in. Help Shuri to remove the Infinity Stone that controls the mind from the head of the vision. Uh, can you do this before the Thresher crushes the wall and destroys the diagnostic setup? I sure mm, fucking hope I don't so. Know. I don't know, man. Time is of the essence, am I right? <laughs> Get to throw in those discs, Brian. <laughs> I know. And, and uh, the Threshers and the wall and all that other shit, right? Um <laughs> Thanos, the last battle. Uh, many figures include Thanos, Iron Man, Star Lord, and Gamora. Together with the Avengers, start the fight for the glove of infinity. Shoot at Thanos from the ship's thorns. Open the cockpit and attack the space bike along the along with Star Lord and Gamora. Avoid the blows of Thanos' huge sword and use the Iron Man's power units to defeat Titan Supervillain. Having won, grab the golden glove of infinity and fly away. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that, that that does that spoil the entire movie right there? <laughs> I think we we figured it out, boys. <laughs> well, there's your there's your final action sequence. It's the one we saw in the leaked trailer where Doctor Strange is shooting the uh, platforms and Star Lord is jumping on them. Oh my god! And all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, good old Lego just spoiling everything. Like they did the same thing with Civil War. Yeah. They uh, they spoiled the fact that we were going to get Giant Man. Yeah. Oh, well, that was uh, Funkos. Oh, was that Funkos? I thought no, it was Lego. No, 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 no. That was Lego. That was Lego. Lego yeah. Had this, Lego had the set. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, they had that whole fucking airport set, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the giant man figure and everything. Yeah. Uh, the, here's the last set. The Battle in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, wow, this is an expensive set. It's like 100 bucks. Uh, many oh, do you get the whole Sanctum? Uh, many figures include Cole Obsidian, Ebony Maw, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and Spider-Man. Emergency. Cole Obsidian and Ebony Maw are attacking the Holy of Holies of Doctor Strange. That sounds, I don't know, it sounds rapey. <laughs> are they attacking his balls? I don't know, it sounds rapey, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. His holiest of holies. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, I, this this might be the set to buy, boys. <laughs> Man, I'm, right now I am not regretting saying read these Lego sets. <laughs> Together with Spider-Man, jump off them from the roof. Unite with the Iron Man and Doctor Strange and use their powers to repel supervillains. If Ebony Maw is able to penetrate the bedroom. Of- <laughs> <laughs> He's able to penetrate his holiest of holies. No, hold on. This gets even worse. This goes into Nambla territory. If Ebony Maw is able to pen- penetrate the bedroom of Peter Parker. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. Lead him from there through the secret hatch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you the secret hatch. Uh, it's here. the one time where you want Aunt May to walk into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Put an end to it. Oh my god. Uh, you must hold on. you must stop the evil invaders <laughs> before they blow up the wall of the holy of holies. <laughs> Doctor Strange and get the stone of infinity of time. After defeating your enemies, order pizza and celebrate it with pizza with Peter Parker. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Whoa, is that that part real? The pizza party at the end? Yeah, it says order pizza and celebrate it with Peter Parker. Mm. (laughs) Wow. What the fuck? That is the set. Yeah, that is the set to get, boys. Uh, (laughs) All right. I don't know. Um (laughs) I think this is the worst trailer breakdown I think we've ever done. <laughs> glad I could be on it. It's not so bad. <laughs> do we, I don't think we ever rated the trailer. Yeah, let's rate it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even rate it. <laughs> All right. You go first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play the rating system here real quick. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> All right, hold on. Here's the rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Um, I am going to... Whew, I am gonna give this. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give the trailer a Tupperware. I absolutely loved it, man. I I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, other than like the some of the like the CGI uh, things and some of the decisions that they've made with the with the character of Thanos. Um, I uh, I enjoyed this quite a bit, and I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to the film. I can't wait to see it. So, 
I'm going to give the trailer a high taste in. I, I really liked it a lot, but I don't know. It, there was never, like, if I'm going to compare and contrast it to The Last Jedi, there was never, like, any moment where I truly did get goosebumps or was, like, fist pumping while watching it. Like, the idea of the movie is more exciting to uh, me than maybe any one given image or anything uh, I saw in this trailer. Oh, uh, you know man, I mean? the image that did it for me was when I fucking saw, uh, when I saw Cap. And the rest of them, like, running, man. I was just like, oh, fuck yes. Oh, my God, here we go. You know, and there's something, I don't know, there's just something about uh, Cap coming back, man, dressed all in black, you know, fucking Johnny Cash Cap. So Yeah, I, mean, I, I did, it was a great trailer. I high-taste it, but it wasn't complete perfection for me. I don't know, maybe if I wouldn't have had a little bit of the uh, fatigue from seeing a bunch of this from, like, a cell phone already. I would have been a bit more excited, like it, the Spider-Man stuff we'd all seen already. Yeah. So maybe that plays into me just not going completely apeshit crazy for this yeah. thing. But yeah, high tasted for me. Steve, uh, you sound like you're not a Marvel fanboy anyway, so I'll be surprised if you give it anything higher than a high tasted. Um, actually, I am gonna give it a Tupperware. Wow, oh, because- shit! Yeah, I this this. Marvel's been doing better with their last few movies. I really liked Ragnarok. Uh, I thought that was a blast. It was just such a fun movie. Um, but I, they've been doing better in my eyes with their, their, their last few movies. And I feel like this one with the Russo brothers, they're putting a lot of care and a lot of effort into it. Um, I do, uh, agree with Jake though on how the, the, the last Jedi trailer definitely had more for like it that was more fist pumping than anything like that that trailer is hard to top for me right now but this still was you know adequate enough to get a tupperware in my opinion uh what's uh what were some of the misfires for you when it comes to the marvel movies um well namely like ant-man uh the the first two thor movies i wasn't a fan of uh and i'm probably going to get a lot of a lot of flack for this, but I wasn't a fan of Civil War. I did like Winter Soldier, and um, yeah, not a big fan of the first uh, event or first Cap movie either. But um, for Iron Man, I only liked the first film for him, and yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I liked Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. Um, first one was a Tupperware, and the second one was just a taste it for me. But I still enjoyed both of them, and I don't know. It's just what about Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange, I did not like that movie. And the reason being was I did, Benedict Cumberbatch seemed like he kept trying to be funny and the deliveries just weren't working for me. And it took me out of the movie. What about that rape scene where they got into the holiest of holies? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a Tupperware all the way. That, that, you, you just can't beat that. Remember when, remember when they said this won't take long and then it was like, Wong was getting it on. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. Guys, I've been drinking. I apologize. <laughs> this seems like a good time to apologize for drinking. Yeah. After that Wong joke. <laughs> that was... <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I just said that Wong raped uh, Doctor Strange. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, let's see here. Let's jump into, uh, the Vanity Fair had an article and, uh, they sat down with Kevin Feige and they talked about the future of the MCU 
and it, it's a, it's a great read. I don't know if you guys have read this entire article, but there's there's some a few pieces from that article that really stood out that I wanted to go over. And I'm going to start here. It says, other studios, most notably Warner Brothers, with the Justice League, have tried to create their own web of interconnected characters. Why have so many failed to achieve Marvel's heights? Quote, simple, said Joe Russo, co-director of Avengers 3 and 4. They don't have Kevin. And he's talking, of course, about Kevin Feige. And uh, the article goes on to say, before Feige, Marvel Studios wasn't even making its own films. Created in 1993 as Marvel Films, the movie arm of the comics company simply licensed its characters to other studios, earning most of its money from merchandise sales. The popular 2002 Sam Raimi-directed Spider-Man movie, for example, was made by Sony's Columbia Pictures. Feige was part of the team that pushed for the studio to take full creative control of its library of beloved characters, a risky move at the time. Quote, for us old-timers, me and Robert Downey and Gwyneth and Kevin, it felt like we were the upperclassmen, John Favreau, director of the first two Iron Man movies, told me shortly after the photo shoot. We were emotional, thinking about how precarious it all felt in the beginning. Feige has never really forgotten that feeling of uncertainty. He confessed that he experiences pangs of anxiety multiple times on every film and told me he often wonders, what is the movie that's going to mess it all up? But as the vaunted Marvel Cinematic Universe enters its second decade, perhaps the more pressing question is, what's the movie that's going to keep it going? So the article then later says, it's talking about like the future of Marvel and it says Disney promises that Marvel has at least 20 another 20 years of uh worth of characters and worlds to explore for starters the studio is finally delivering films with black and female heroes at the core but declines to offer up any secrets of that ambitious slate moviegoers for now will simply have to trust in Feige luckily for Marvel obsessives the 44-year-old studio executive is one of them at the heart of Kevin is a real uh, Scarlett Johansson paused before using the same word everyone does to describe her boss, fanboy. And then it goes on to talk about the future. Um, Bob Iger um, says Marvel's next wave is just beginning. He notes that the studio has rights to 7,000 characters who can, <laughs> who can travel anywhere their creators wish to take them. Quote, we're looking for worlds that are completely separate geographically or in time from the worlds that we've already visited, Iger explained. Both Iger and Feige hinted at how the franchise will expand into different realms, with James Gunn working in close collaboration to possibly spin off some characters from the extraterrestrial world of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel is 22 movies in, and we've got another 20 movies on the docket that are completely different from anything that's come before intentionally, Feige said. While Feige refused to review, reveal any details about the characters and stories Marvel has yet to introduce, he did promise a definitive end to the franchise that built Marvel. Avengers 4, he said, will, quote, bring things you've never seen in superhero films, a finale. This may mean a lot of dead Avengers at the hands of the villain Thanos, who has appeared sporadically and tantalizingly since the first Avengers movie back in 2012. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe will live on, quote, there will be two distinct periods, everything before Avengers 4 
and everything after. I know it will not be in ways people are expecting, Feige teased. So Wow, so ambitious, the stuff he's saying. That's awesome. Well, I mean, we're only halfway into this, Jake. I mean, we're. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about like after 22 movies, they still have 20 more left, which basically means like if you guys want to break it down, 20 movies and Marvel's starting to do three movies a year, is that this next latter half of Marvel films is going to be about seven years, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are we to include the Spider-Man Homecoming films into that as well, or is this just Marvel Studios films? Because if you're including, I would a, not include them. Yeah, because I mean, those years we're going to get four films. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. I find it really ambitious the stuff he's saying about the time that exists post Avengers four and this time and the time pre. Like, there's going to we're going to still be doing material that takes place in between Iron Man one and Avengers four, and then we're going to move on to this new landscape. That's really intriguing. Uh, there will be two distinct periods: everything before Avengers four and everything after. I think he's taking. I think he's saying like some of the things are going to go forward, but then like some of the characters are going to die, right? And it's just going to be. I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to. Yeah, if, it's it, very it's very wild. Yeah, go to ahead. Me, Steve. It definitely it definitely sounds like there's going to be some. It's characters that their stories are going to come to an end after yeah. Avengers Four. That's that's what I take from that is like we're going to be getting introduced to a lot of new characters after Avengers Four, and yeah. it's because there's going to be a lot of characters that just aren't able to come back. Is it contracts? Is it just? It does it come down to contracts, or is it what they've got planned? Because I, I would I would rather it be what they've got planned. I, I would love to think that everyone is willing to come back. Now that might not be the case, of course. I mean, when you're dealing with actors and contracts and and things like that, I mean, it might be. I don't, they might think it's too expensive to keep some of these guys around. I mean, they got they got these guys on the cheap, right? They they really did. I mean, think about it. You got Chris Evans on the cheap. You got Hemsworth on the cheap. You got Robert Downey Jr. for that first film on the cheap. Of course, you know his price tag has risen since then. But um, I mean, uh, who, I mean, does it come down to who? I mean, who are they going to take going forward? Are they? Do they have enough faith? I mean, like for the longest time, Jake, it's like that's what that that's honestly what I think. Like what what Warner Brothers does not have right now is they haven't. It, as, as as much as I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, I don't think that she's like their Robert Downey Jr. Like I I really don't. I don't think that she can lead. No. The, I don't think that she alone can lead them into the next. It's more. Yeah, they just yeah. they need to let it happen a little bit more naturally and not like a factory. I think over there at this point they just need to make good superhero movies and let the the big multi world thing. Kind of happen naturally. I think. Yeah. You know. No, I'm not, I don't. Want, and I don't want anybody to take the, take what I said as like being a sexist thing. Like I don't. I don't think a female character can lead the DC. No, that's not it. I didn't take it that way at all. No, that's yeah, not what I'm no. saying, guys. I, I I love the Wonder Woman film more than you ever fucking would imagine. I, I bought it over Black Friday on 4K, and I don't even have a 4K Blu-ray player or a 4K <laughs> TV. I'm just waiting for the day that I do so I can watch that fucking movie in fucking 4K because I love Wonder Woman. Anyway, moving on. I just think like that's what I think that's the, the problem over at Warner Brothers is they don't have like that 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 uh that cornerstone that they can 
that they can build off of. The, the, the nice thing about Iron Man, when that movie came out, when they got Robert Downey Jr., is that that was the first movie. Like, that was their anchor. That was their cornerstone. And they were able to build on that. And they were – basically, they were they, – you know, just like a basketball team. You got Michael Jordan. Now you want to get players that complement him that you can build the team around. And that's exactly what they did over at Marvel Studios is they brought in different actors that they thought would work well off of Robert Downey Jr. and into this universe. That's why we got Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. And that's why we got some of these actors. That, and they all really did work well together. I mean – uh, oh yeah, the chemistry is fantastic. Is Jake? That's the thing. Is Robert Downey Jr. coming back for this next latter half of twenty films? Or I mean, because yeah, like, I don't know. It makes were, me feel like no. The way that right. the way Kevin puts it. Yeah, I mean, it, see, like that's the thing. But like, remember the longest time we were talking about? Oh, okay, they're bringing in Doctor Strange. They got Benedict Cumberbatch as the Doctor Strange. Is he going to be? Is he going to be the personality that's going to be able to replace Tony? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the no. Answer, but, but no, it's then not. Star Lord can't be just an empty void. Is it Star Lord at that point? I don't know. It's hard saying. It's hard saying. Is it a total like ultimate universe? Like, are we going to see new creative takes on these characters after Avengers Four? I don't know, man. Because honestly, that's kind of what I would like. I mean, if okay, you're telling me. I mean, and we still got that nine contract, that nine film contract of Sebastian Stan looming over our heads, making everybody think that Cap is doomed to die and not, and, and possibly not come back now after these statements by Kevin Feige. Before these statements, I would have been like, oh, you know, Cap will be gone a few years. We've even said this, Jake. You've said this. Cap will be oh, gone. Yeah. Cap will be gone a few years and come back. But like, is that the case now? Yeah, it, it's just really hard saying. I, I'm very intrigued to see what they do. This Avengers 4 is going to be really huge as far as the stakes of the Marvel Universe and it moving forward. And I think this is the first time where we've known so little about what the next, like, four years of Marvel, Marvel movies will hold, you know? I feel like four years ago, we knew everything that was coming out for oh, the next yeah. four years. Oh, yeah. They, they, they had everything. They had everything kind of mapped out for us, except for, like, the... The, the, the Spider-Man, yeah. And the Inhumans debacle, right? Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it was pretty much, like, 90% correct. We knew what was going on. Right. I feel like where we're at now, we know Avengers 4 and Homecoming 2. Well, I mean, they couldn't even give us... The, they, dude, they couldn't even give us the fucking Infinity War trailer until Ragnarok had been out for three weeks. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. I like it, though. I like this new... No, 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 no. I am not so arguing. Much. I am not yeah. arguing and saying, I want all the answers now. If they gave us those answers now, we would... Uh, if they said, okay, this is, these are the movies that we have slated for the next whatever years. And if for some reason we didn't get a Thor 4, we didn't get an Iron Man 4, we didn't get a Captain America 4, we're coming out of the gate saying, oh, they're dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why you exactly. gotta you gotta keep that in your hip pocket. You can't just give it. You can't just give those answers out right now. And I totally understand that. I totally understand that before you before you show us what your new brand is going to be. Before you call it, you know, the all new, all different Marvel. You gotta you gotta hold on to what, the, the past, and you gotta let this this arc of the story end first before you give that away. I to, I totally get that. Now hold on, let me throw another monkey wrench into this, Jake. Let me throw another monkey wrench into this, Steve. What about these talks about Disney planning to acquire Fox? These the deadline has recently reported that these talks are now heating up again. Mm-hmm. And quote, guys, these talks are quote progressing progressing speedily. 
So they're talking about if something's gonna happen, there might be a there might be an announcement that's imminent. And I can already tell you with talks with Sony, with talks with what was it Universal as well, or was it was it Universal? Yeah, yeah, that's you, yeah. It was Universal and Sony with talks, guys. Fox is for sale, and it, it, it feels like they, they know that they can probably get the best deal from Disney. Disney's going to be able to offer the most money, and if they're for yeah. sale, a, a deal is imminent. And so they're talking about maybe a deal actually happening before the end of the year. Now, hold on. What kind of monkey wrench does this throw in? If they purchase, are they are they still going to give us those 20 films before they figure out what they're going to do with the X-Men? And the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four? Or are they going to go, okay, we've made this deal with Sony. I, and I know the Sony deal was more pressing because when you make a deal with Sony at that time, Sony wants results now. It was kind of a perfect formula then too because Civil War was being filmed and so many people associated Spider-Man as being a part of that sure, story. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it just kind of everything just worked out. So well, the great. only thing that really changed was the the release date of Black Panther, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. Was just kind of a real happy accident with some of the stuff they were able to do with that, though. Okay. So do you finish the latter half? Okay. Let's say this deal does go down. This is all hypothetical. Do you change the entire latter half of these last twenty films that they have planned out? Which I believe they have planned out. Which that's how Kevin Feige does this. I agree. Or, or do you say, okay, guys, we're going to work in eh, maybe not the X Men, but we're definitely going to work in the uh, Marvel's first family. Or do you wait on that? Do you wait until like these next seven years are completed, come back and reboot, and then we build up towards maybe AVX Avengers versus X Men. Yeah, that's very fascinating. I, I agree with you that they've got everything planned out already. That's how we knew if they had it planned out then, they have it planned out now. Right. It's not like, right. it's not like they, he got lazy and right. now he doesn't know what the well, next movies are. It's got to be because that's the only reason I can see them like Sony saying, hey, we're going to make a fucking Venom movie without yeah. Spider-Man. And it's because it's because that Kevin Feige was gracious enough to let – not gracious enough to let Spider. He, I know Kevin Feige wanted Spider Man in the universe. It just happened to be a happy accident, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything just the timing was just perfect for it. Steve, all right. Disney yeah. acquires Fox. What do they do? Do, 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 do? Does Kevin Feige say, "All right, we got to capitalize on this now. I got to cast. I got to cast the Marvel's first family. I got to bring in the X Men. What are we going to do with Deadpool? Deadpool's hot right now. Do we bring him in? I mean, what do they do? Man, I, <laughs> I I would I would hope that they have I, I would hope that that Kevin Feige has some sort of I I mean they he obviously knows Marvel through and through yes and he's been doing he seemed I mean he's got what 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 was what are the what does it count forty two films that he's got planned out. I mean, I'm sure that there's somewhere along the line, like, especially after the Sony deal came about, he may have laid out a plan like, hey, this is what we're doing. But if we if we get something like X-Men, this is what we could do. Yeah. And it would work. I could see him having like a a plan A, plan B, plan C kind of thing, depending on what worked out, because I can't think that they planned to acquire Fox ever 
but in the in the off chance that it did happen, hey, we got a backup plan for that. Yeah, and man. I, I just as long as they let Deadpool be what Deadpool is, I don't think they need to change that at all. I think that's great the way it is. I gotta but, think. I gotta think with the, the with the acquisition. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I gotta think with the acquisition that it's business as usual over at Fox. Like even even if Disney Disney buys Fox. It's business as usual, and they're letting those movies get made. They're, I mean, we've already heard about Multiple Man with James Franco. Uh, we know we're getting the Venom movie. Uh, not Venom, that's Sony. Uh, we know we're getting, you know, the uh, Noah Hawley, you know, Doom film and all these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. I've got to think that Kevin Feige has to I, – I know that, you know, okay, now you've got these new toys to play with. I honestly feel like Kevin Feige, if he's smart, will hold on to these – for when they completely reboot the universe after those seven years. Those seven years are going to go quick, guys. Think about it. 2000. I agree. Yeah. Exa- you know what I mean? Those seven years are going to go fast, and we're going to complete this entire, this whole story. This th- It's going to be the finale to everything. Everything's completed, and when you come back, now you can have the entire universe there. You know, hopefully Sony's still open to this, this relationship. And uh, we can we can bring in the whole universe now. In the meantime, in the meantime, hold on. Make yeah, make in, more Deadpool movies. Make more yes, X-Men movies. Yes, yes, but in the meantime, hold on. I'm, I'm you're not introducing the X Men. You're not introducing you know the Fantastic Four. But with the acquisition of with, with the acquisition of you know like uh, purchasing Fox, you do have some of those other characters in, that Fox owns. And James Gunn is putting together this whole, this whole cosmic universe. So now you can bring in Silver Surfer. Now you can bring in Galactus. Now you can bring in some of those other cosmic characters that they haven't had access to if you really want to. Um, yeah, but I don't like bringing in Galactus and Silver Surfer before no, no, no. the Fantastic Four. Those are the only cosmic characters from Fox that I could think of like right now off the top of my head uh, without Fantastic. You know, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying like you have more of those cosmic characters that you could really bring in that Fox does own. So, yeah. If yeah. You really there's a lot there's a lot of stuff there. Does yeah, Fox own does Fox own Kang? Um, no, I think Kang's an Avengers character. Okay. I'm pretty sure that Marvel has Kang. Yeah. I just don't think he's such a known name that they've wanted to use him yet. Yes. Yeah, or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. It's a lot to do. The big time travel story is a lot to do. Maybe that's still yet to come. I don't know. I I, I don't know about I don't know about you, Jake, but I think it would be smart for them to just kind of wait that seven years and finish what they have planned before they before they introduce Marvel's first family and just start over from scratch. I mean, these next seven to ten years or whatever, how long it's going to take – It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic Four needs at least, I think, three to five years just to even, like, feel good again that we want to see it come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I mean, didn't, uh, didn't Hugh Jackman say that uh, he'd reprise his role as Logan if uh, it could be in, like, an Avengers movie? He said it at one time, that if, if that would have been on the table before Logan. I think Logan's his swan oh. song, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think if that would have been on the table before he did Logan, I think he would have absolutely came back because to come back now as Wolverine for even just one film, mm-hmm. just just to join Robert Downey Jr. and 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 Chris Hemsworth and Evans and 
and you know, the, you know, these guys that they have, Hemsworth. I, I, it would be great, but it would just be for the one film, right? I yeah. He's not going to be in it for the long haul again, so it's like, why even bother? Right, exactly. That's you know, fair. It, it'd be like a fanboy's like dream. Like, I would love to see that movie. You know, oh my god, here they are. But like <laughs> on the flip side, like, don't we all just kind of like want that that singer universe to die in a way at this point? <laughs> yeah, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, we kind of want to see the X Men rebooted. And stuff like that. You know, like, I'm, I, I really like what Fox is going on right now with, with what they're doing with Deadpool, with, you know, what their, what their plans are, uh, you know, maybe for, for the new mutants. Let's see what they do with the new mutants film, you know. Um, mm-hmm. let's see, Good let's, or bad, it's definitely a unique take. Yes, it's different. Let's see what they do. Let's see what they do. And let's let that ride out for the next seven years while Marvel finishes what they've originally planned instead of trying to, like, you know, sh- cram this in there so you know that's my thoughts on it just i i don't want to i don't want marvel to jump the gun or you know okay we've 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 got we've got we've got uh the x-men now we've we've we own uh the fantastic four we we weren't we weren't planning for this but let's work them in let's work them into this latter half of 20 films which it just doesn't make sense to me with with all this talk of like you know James Gunn working on his cosmic universe we've still got to introduce you know Captain Marvel with Brie Larson uh you know and you know we still got Doctor Strange 2 Ant-Man you know 3 possibly Black Panther 2 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and you're going to tell me that like we're still going to try to figure out a way to work in an X-Men film and 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 what are we doing with Deadpool at this point yeah, that's a giant can of worms. Right. I, I feel like it, it makes more sense for them to wrap up this whole universe that they've that they've basically spent the last ten years creating with all this time and all this care that Kevin has really put he's put a lot into this. And I feel like it might be enough too to get Kevin to come back and bring to to guide this whole new thing. Yes. Yes, like what? Well, like, like, would he want to leave at that point? I mean, Kevin's not that old. I don't even think he's fifty, right? No, he's in, he's no, in his forties, right? So. I mean, that, like, what is it? it? That's what I mean. Think about it. Like, he's he's accomplished so much, and he's done so much for the Marvel films. I, I don't care what you think about all the Marvel films. Like, they've they've left their mark in in, yeah. in movie history. And Kevin's oh, they've still, made everything try to become a connected universe. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody else is trying to trying to catch up to what they've done. Like DC's trying to do. Help, Fast and Furious is trying to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the Dark Universe was one film fucking deep with the Mummy, and it <laughs> died. And that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to create. They were trying to create a uh, a Universal Monsters universe. You know, and it died. You know. And uh, they, the Luke Evans Dracula film tried to get yeah, it off, yeah. and it could die twice. It's with died, one movie. exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's 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 <laughs> it's deader than my penis that Jake's worried about. Um, but man, that's, get, get that checked. Yeah, I'm going to. Man, I'm worried now. Um, <laughs> no, I just think like I think I think having right the rights to the X Men and the Fantastic Four could be enough to even get Kevin to come back. To have him kick off to start off, 
like you know the next. I don't. You, we can't even call it phase because like we've been working with phases. Like what the next chapter of Marvel films? Yeah, I think it says a lot in that Vanity Fair article that you were reading too that Kevin had clear ideas kind of how this was going to wrap up. Yeah, it seems like long before any kind of acquisition of Fox was yeah. on the t- on the card on the table. Yeah, yeah. So I, that makes me agree with you. If I if I wouldn't know stuff like that, if it was just going to be a never ending cycle of story, then I would almost say just get him in as fast as possible. But I, he really, I agree with you. He, yeah. He's owned to play that. Let this play out. You're Ryan Reynolds, man. Are you worried though? I mean, if this happens, hmm. we know he is. Yeah, definitely. He's already voiced. He's already, he's already voiced it on Twitter. Yeah, it's a whole new ball game. He's not going to have the same contract. He's not going to have the same freedom. It's hard saying what what if his franchise will even exist anymore if this detail if this goes through. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. hard to believe that it, they wouldn't try to keep it though. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I don't. I still, I, 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 th- I have a feeling it's going to happen. I have a feeling before the end of the year. It's gonna happen. The House of Mouse is gonna fucking own everything. Like all of a sudden, like they're like I'm gonna get a knock at my door and they're gonna buy me. Like what the what, what the fuck is going? On? Wow, Brian, where'd all the f bombs go? I don't know. Disney bought me. I'm like oh. I'm like I'm wearing like Mickey Mouse ears and shit. Steve, <laughs> Steve, what are your thoughts on this? And be be 100 like honest. Like, is this something that you want to see happen? Would you like to see Would you like to see Disney purchase Fox and have the rights to these characters again and all of Fox's library of films? And would you like to see a fucking studio die? Are you a big fan of that? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, no. I don't like the idea of Fox 20th Century Fox dying because like. <clears throat> That was one of those – that's one of those uh, intro studio things that you always remember seeing growing up. Yeah. Like it's always been there. I mean I don't – I guess I don't want to see that change, but a change happens. So if it happens, it happens. I think that Disney acquiring the uh, the Fox characters and you know some of the superhero stuff that they've more or less failed with a lot in the past because um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the X-Men movies – I like uh, First Class and Days of Future Past. I did not like Apocalypse at all, and I do like Deadpool. Yeah, but yeah. I, f- I feel like a lot of the wrongs that Fox did with these characters, Disney has proven that they know how to do it right, and I think that that would be that that would be okay. I just like I said before, I don't want to see characters like Deadpool become censored because it's Disney. I will say that, that that Disney in a way needs to and I think we all do. I think we all need to go back and think 2000s X-Men. Like I Jake, you probably agree with me. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, for as much as like as first much as we complained about black suit X-Men, I mean, that's the movie that kicked off everything. And it, and it wasn't it, it wasn't Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios didn't even exist. I mean, it was it was Fox that did that. This was before, you know, the Raimi Spider-Man film in 2002. This was 2000, man. This was the year 2000. And we've yeah. got huge, X-Men was a big deal. It's it like was. The first, yeah. And it was Fox. It, it was Fox. Begins. It was Fox that did that movie, not fucking Disney. So as much as we all bow to the house of mouse, 
which they've done a great job with these Marvel films, it was Fox that kicked off this golden age of superhero films. And I just, I, I really, I wish that they could find a way to not want to sell off some, like the studio and some of their big assets to the other, to, you know, to one of these other, uh, uh studios. Um, cause they really did kick it off, man, with the, with the fucking X-Men films. And they did something special there as much as like some of those movies, like we don't look back at like, you know, like X-Men last stand fondly and like, you know, even Wolverine origins and. <laughs> we don't look back at some like even watching like the original X Men film. It's like, you know, they got some shit right though. They got Hugh Jackman right. They got you know, uh, they got a uh, Professor X as Patrick Stewart right. They got a lot of shit right though. That's the movie that fucking yeah. kicked it off, dude. And I, I wouldn't even think that like Disney would have been interested in doing any of this had it not been for those films. They saw the potential there. Disney had already been basically like they have locked up like the the girl. Uh, toy aisle like uh, you could go down uh, the toy aisle and you could purchase like you know for your daughter um, you know the uh, the Disney princesses you know they were like okay now we want to get some of the boy toys and I'm not saying that, all, that girls don't like the boy toys they do and I'm not saying all boys don't like the girl toys because they do all right. But I, I don't that's that's let's save that discussion for another fucking day. All right. I'm no, I'm as I'm woke. Cover your bases. Yeah, I, I cover, I'm tr- yeah, exactly. Because you know, I'm trying to be woke as fuck or whatever the fuck you want. I'm just saying like uh if if you're just talking about if you're looking at it that way, Disney wanted to purchase boys toys at that point. They were like, "Okay, we've got the girls locked up. What can we do? Oh, let's purchase Marvel." And they did, and then they purchased uh, Star Wars, you know. So now, now they've got now they got their boys' toys and shit like that. Well, um, yeah, I, I got definitely have a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. That's Steve. No, I, um, I mean, you you were talking about uh, X Men sort of kicking off the the golden age of comic book yeah, movies. Yeah. Which in, in in a sense, is true. I mean, I, but I I don't know. I I grew up on like the Batman movies, and I mean, as as terrible as the Joel Schumacher ones were, I didn't didn't think they were terrible when I was, you know, eight years old. But, I mean, it, didn't it all kind of more start with the 89 Batman? Uh, see, that's the thing. Um, with, uh, I mean, we had the Superman film. Superman, of course, it naturally started with yeah. Superman because at the time, yeah. Superman was the biggest superhero at that time. Batman, I think, it surpassed him in popularity. But at the time, it was Superman. Yeah, I didn't even think about the Superman movies, and I grew up with my grandparents showing yeah. me the first one religiously. Yeah, and then and then it did go to eighty nine Batman, but mm. the thing was, I think X, X- Men was the first big budget Marvel like yeah. character yeah. serious movie. Yeah, though, you know. Yeah, I mean, we I mean sure. we we never we never knew if we were gonna get. One of these like big budget Marvel films, like right, Jake? I mean, like we like we. No, they talked. They talked about Cameron Spider Man my entire fucking childhood. Yeah. From the moment I can remember existing until Raimi got the rights, it was James Cameron Spider Man since Terminator Two came out. Yeah, I remember reading the back of Wizard magazines, and you know, like wanting to get like some of these movies that they were talking about, and like some of these dream castings. Like I remember, like who was it? Oh fuck, Uh, who was going to be cast as Wolverine? The guy from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What's his name? Hoskins? Oh, Bob, Bob Hoskins. Hoskins yeah. yeah, they were talking yeah. about a Bob Hoskins Wolverine. I mean, <laughs> you know, these are the these are the things that we were reading in the back of Wizard magazines. You know, like, 
Um, <laughs> these Marvel movies, they see the thing is with the DC films, like you could easily do not easily, Steve. I mean, Tim Burton had a vision; he had his own stylistic visual and vision and all that shit. And for the Batman films, but it was easier to do a Superman film or a Batman film than it was to to make Spider Man that character with um, yeah. with the make, powers and the costumes the, yeah, and it, the webbing. Yeah. yeah. We literally had, dude, we literally had to wait for the technology to catch up with that character. Like, that's why it took until 2002 to get that character. It, we had to wait for the technology to catch up with them. So, yeah, that's true. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point, though. Batman, you know, for me, I remember I, I loved the first Batman film. Uh, by the time I got to Batman Returns, I wasn't the biggest fan. Um, and then when I got to, you know, what was it? Batman, uh, forever. Batman forever. I saw Batman forever in the theater and I'll be honest with you. I saw it and I was 17, I think. And at that movie, I thought it was terrible. I hated it, hated <laughs> it, hated it, hated it, hated it. And then, and then of course, uh, what was it? Batman and Robin was just garbage to me. So, yeah, I agree though. I always think X-Men and Batman Begins are the two movies that kind of ushered in the whole new superhero era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as tone goes and just, you know, using special effects in a different way. Oh, my God. We have literally, dude, we have not covered anything in this episode except for, like, fucking this Infinity War trailer for, like, two hours. <laughs> it's the all-Infinity War episode. I think you just decided it. Dude, I'm, like, ashamed. No, I have other things to talk about, but I, I think I am going to cut some things out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back and ooh. then do our what? Oh, I, I was just said, ooh, I can get a refill. Oh, yeah, Jake Jake loves breaks this episode apparently. Big fan. Jake is a big fan of breaks this episode. That is that yeah. That is, I like peeing and refill. No shit. Put me on the cross. No shit, man. <laughs> Crucify Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. Have at it, buddy. <laughs> I can't. I can't get you excited about anything on the actual episode until I'm talking about breaking from said episode. I was excited about the Avengers trailer. <laughs> ooh, 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 Brian. Uh, can we take a break? <laughs> sure, buddy. Sure, buddy. All right. <laughs> anything for you. Thank you. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Exciting times. Exciting times that we live in. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me get my seatbelt on now that you're talking like that. Strap yourself in or put on a strap on, whatever you want to do. Because uh, we're going to talk about uh, good pop, bad pop. Stop. 
time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. You had our rating system earlier. I think I played it. <laughs> it's fucking weird. What? What? What's weird? Our rating system. You think it's weird? You've got. I'm just. I'm just trying to spook new listeners. Nearly five years later, you're finally coming to this conclusion that our rating system is is weird. Anyway. No, I love our rating system, and it's partially because of its weirdness. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. I've got a few things to talk about this week. I uh, went out and saw a couple of movies, uh, watched uh, a funny documentary. Actually, watched a, I watched a couple documentaries. Hold on. So first thing I want to talk about is I watched um, the uh, documentary. It's a, it's a documentary spoof, uh, Springfield of Dreams. Did you see this, Jake? Oh no, no! I've heard about it though. Is it the uh, is it the one about the baseball or is it the uh, one about Apu? It's the spr- no, it's not the Apu one. It's the Springfield of Dreams Homer at the Bat episode that premiered on oh the Fox. baseball one. Yeah, it premiered on Fox a few weeks ago, and uh, it's about the episode back in 1992, the Simpsons episode Homer at the Bat. Uh, this is directed by Morgan Spurlock, the director for Super Size Me, that did the McDonald's documentary where he ate McDonald's for 30 days. And uh, then um, cried about it. Um, I like that documentary, actually. I thought it was really I like good. it, too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I watched this documentary. It, basically, this is a 25-year-old episode of The Simpsons where they got, you know, baseball players at the time to take part of this episode where Mr. Burns wanted to defeat another team with the, his uh, power plant. So, like, he ends up hiring a bunch of professional baseball players at the plant so that they can play in the, like, uh, in this baseball league. You know, some of the guys are, like, you know, Don Mattingly and, um, you know, Jose Canseco, Daryl Strawberry. And, you know, I, it's an episode that I've seen multiple times. It's awesome. And this documentary was really well done. I, I At first, when it first started, like, the first five minutes, I wasn't impressed, and I was kind of like, "Oh God, okay, all right, I'm not really enjoying this." It's w- the what I really liked about this, though, were the parts where they actually showed actual parts of the episode, and then added new jokes, new background behind those scenes, like with other characters, you know, talking about it in like a confessional setting, like Apu and Chief Wiggum, and and it was. That was fun. And then they had a ton of guest stars in this, which is like, you know, that's nothing new to Simpsons episodes. Like, they're known for guest stars on each episode, you know? I mean, any, any, you know, God, they've had like Mickey Rooney and even Gary Coleman be guest stars on some of their episodes. So, like, this is like. Oh, yeah. Almost all the living Beatles at this point. Yeah. The Foo Fighters have been on the episodes. I mean, so. In this, they had not just sports personalities. They, Of course, they had, like, you know, Jose Canseco come back, Don Mattingly, and some of these players. But they also had, like, you know, uh, other jokes that tied in. They, uh, You know, to science, they had Neil deGrasse Tyson. They had Dr. Oz. They had Dr. Drew Pinsky. And um, I liked it. I really liked this. I would give it a high taste that it. It, um, it was – I thought Morgan Spurlock, for him – taking this on and wanting to do this i thought it was it was really cool you know 
and they'd had some of these players talking about Homer and how, you know, like, like I, I guess all you have to really be is animated to get into like the baseball hall of fame and, and all this stuff. It was kind of, it was funny. I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. So I really enjoyed this documentary. Yeah, I love this episode. I love all the different ways all the different famous baseball players get taken out of being able to play. Yeah, yeah, I always, I always, get, I always cracked up at uh, Mr. Burns telling Don Mattingly to shave off his sideburns. Yeah, shave those sideburns, Mattingly. <laughs> yeah, that's had, that's good stuff. He had no sideburns to begin with. Well, in this documentary, they actually give you the history of sideburns. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's a fun sidebar. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they showed that part of the episode where Don Mattingly basically shaved almost his entire head <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get rid of him. And then Mr. Burns is still upset at him and throws him off the team. Um, hilarious. I also watched I watched a real documentary on Netflix this week, and it just premiered this week. It's called Voyeur. I don't, have you guys seen this? Um uh, I've seen the thing to click on, but I, I've yeah. not seen it. I, yeah, I've seen it either. You've seen it, you've seen it promoted? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those documentaries where, like, you know, we've seen these documentaries come out. Uh, HBO had the one tickled where you think it's one thing and it turns into something else. And I thought that was a great documentary. Uh, Nobody Speak. That starts with one thing and then it turns into something else. This is the same thing. Like it starts off with this one story about this guy who purchases this motel and he is a voyeur. He likes to look in on people's lives, whether it be, you know, sex or drugs that they do or just he bought this motel and he basically turned it into a place where he could be a voyeur and look into these vents and see a little snippet of their lives and watch them without them knowing that he was there. And it starts off telling kind of like that story and then turns into something else. Like, I don't know. I It made me think of other things. Like, it made me, do you guys remember when life casting became a thing? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like a whole new genre of documentaries, basically. It's like the switch and bait documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that absolutely. Like this was like it started off where you're kind of creeped out by this guy as like a voyeur. Like, oh my god! Like, imagine if I had gone to this motel and this guy he's not recording you, he's not watching you through video. He's literally above your room, looking down into a vent and watching you. And there was he was telling stories about like one time. He saw this guy take drugs, put them into like a floor vent and hide them. And so when the guy left his room, he went in there, he took his drugs, he flushed them down the toilet, screwed the vent back on. And when the guy came back to the room, he threatened his girlfriend like you were the only one that knew that the drugs were in there. You must have done it. He strangled her and she ends up he ends up killing her. And so, Jesus, yeah. yeah. And so, like, there's uh, there's things like that. And then, of course, like, of course, he's a pervert. And so he's watching people have sex as well. There's that element. And, um, but. And this is a real, this guy really did this? See, that's the thing. It's like this guy, you know, it's some of, that's the thing. That's where this documentary turns into something completely different to where 
the guy that was filming the documentary and writing the book for it, he was not filming the documentary. He was writing the book that this was going to be based on. Um, it was a famous author that had done a lot of investigative journal- journalism. Uh, his name is Gay Talese, and he was like, I mean, he'd been on Donahue for like some of the, you know, some of the stories that he's written in the past, some of these books that he's written in the past. And he was the one that was covering this story. And he should have done better when it came to fact checking because some of the things didn't come back as like 100% true, couldn't be proven. And so it didn't really help with his credibility. And when the book released, the book is losing money. I felt like this documentary was a way to bring um, attention to the book to maybe help the book sales. Um, mm. I, 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 I wasn't really. That's kind of shady practices. Yeah, yeah. That's how I felt watching this. But um, it made me think of other things. Like I thought it was a much more interesting story when I believed that this guy's story was 100% true. What was your final rating on this, Brian? I'm going to give it a taste it, man. I'm just going to give it a taste it. And like I, I, I was kind of let down by this. I was more intrigued by the fact that like I wanted to hear about like this guy in the hotel living there and all the crazy stories that he could tell you from like listening in on these people for the last like, you know, you know, 20, 30 years that he owned this hotel because like apparently he had taken like notes and in, in, in this detailed journal and I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. Like the things this guy <laughs> must have like seen and heard and it turns into another completely different story where it's about like, is this guy legitimate? Is his story legitimate? Is, 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 is it 100% true? And at the end of the day, it felt like it was a way for Gay Talese to just basically say, please buy my book. Hmm. Yeah, to find out more. Yeah, yeah. Go to Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It left a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm going to give it a mm-hmm. taste. It. I, you know, as to where, like, some of these other, like, you know, bait-and-switch documentaries where you think it starts off with one story and it goes into a completely different story, and I think there was payoff – Especially with nobody speak and and tickled, I thought that those were great in that area. This just didn't work for me. It felt like there was something else behind this altogether. It sounds like the difference is in this one, the A story was more interesting than the B story. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was, Jake. And it's like the hotel had been torn down. I'm, I'm you know, I'm. I'm giving away a lot because, like, I really don't feel like it's really even worth you watching. Don't watch it. Just listen to Brian. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, there's no – I mean, it would have been nice for them to even be able to take a tour inside the hotel. But by the time this documentary had started filming, the hotel had been torn down. They did only – they did show, like, he – when he sold it, he sold it to, I believe, um, uh, I think, like, a, a Korean businessman. And he, when he sold it to him, he, like he had covered up the vents. I don't know. It's just one of those things where, yeah, the the A story was way better, Jake. Man, it was like I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to hear some of these crazy stories that went down in this hotel. And it's yeah, like, what is, what is he seeing? Let's hear this best best of the notes. Exactly, exactly. So I guess I'd have you know, but now even if you even if you did buy the book and you read the book, you don't know if it's one hundred percent true. Because this guy does sound like he's a shyster. You know what I mean? He like <laughs> at one point in time he's talking about his car. 
card collection. He's got like this amazing baseball card collection. So like even Gay Talese, the writer of the book, was talking about like he didn't know if this guy was just coming out into the woodwork so that other people might be interested in purchasing his baseball card collection. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, I don't know. Desperate. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, Jake. Um, I went and saw Coco, finally. Um, it's the new movie from Pixar, Ready PG, 109 minutes. Um, yeah, it was – let me do the plot real quick. Hey, uh, hey, hey. I got, a, I got a question for you real quick before you jump into it. This whole yeah. uh, 20-minute frozen uh, – uh, Yeah, I've, got, I've actually got notes about All right. I'll let you too. talk about it then. About that too. I was going to talk about Coco as Coco and then at the end – talk about the whole frozen debacle did they show it yeah yeah i saw it they're pulling it you know that right yeah i do know i'll get into it now since we're talking about the frozen <laughs> thing. This, I, is, um, this is the hulk all over again <laughs> no it's cool i now right off the bat i'm a giant mark for frozen i fucking love it okay yeah I've never and seen it. i thought i thought the short was fantastic I, I thought the new songs were great i thought it was really touching i thought it was a fun story but I kind of see both sides of the coin, and I kind of absolutely get it. This would have been so much better served as a half-an-hour ABC Frozen Christmas special. Mm. And I do think it's bad form and bad play to force-feed this down everyone's throat that okay, may, so is it, may not be as accepting to me. Is it the fact that they didn't have faith in this Coco movie that they got to do this shit? No, I don't think that's the case at all, honestly, because this is a little bit of a Disney tradition. This, it's either the second or the third time they've had a brand new Frozen thing before a Disney movie. Uh, I know they did one before Cinderella, the live action Cinderella, and I believe another movie too. Don't, I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I don't think it's that they didn't have faith in Coco. I, I think they just like to do these kind of things, you know? So, but they are pulling it from what I hear. Well, the, where's the backlash from? I mean, is it because of, I've heard it's like 20 fucking minutes? I think the backlash is just how long it is. I've heard audiences are confused. It's not advertised so hot that you're going to be watching this basically 25-minute special before the movie. People are confused if they even are in the right movie. The thing goes so long. I, see, honestly, to be quite honest with you, I've never seen Frozen, and I don't plan on seeing Frozen. So if I were to go – that's one of the reasons I haven't gone to see the movie is because I've, I've heard about this. I don't, it's a good reason not to go see it, yeah. honestly. Like I don't blame you. Mm -hmm. And so I get it. Like as much as I love Frozen, as much as I loved this Frozen Christmas special, like this was a fucked up move huh. to put it where they put it, like yeah. as the way to see this. Yeah. All right, go ahead and talk about Frozen, uh, Coco. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, but Frozen, Frozen was a Tupperware. If you liked Frozen the movie, you'll like this Frozen the short. So hopefully it just becomes a Christmas special next year or something that you can buy separate digitally if you're a fan of Frozen. But yeah, um, Coco, it's uh, an aspiring musician. Uh, Miguel is confronted with his family's ban on music and enters the land of the dead to work out the mystery. And, uh, Unlike the last, the documentary you were talking about, where you kind of just like spilled the beans because you didn't love it in the first place, this is kind of one of those things where I really don't want to go into too much detail about story and plot because this was an absolute Tupperware for me. And I thought a lot of it just had to do with the journey and the stuff we saw. Um, right off the bat, it was kind of like an 
animated Beetlejuice a little bit. Kind of it's like rules of the undead. And just all that stuff was just so much fun. Um, it was such a charming movie. Oh, man, there's just... I don't want to spoil any of the, like, the plot beats, but right off the bat in the first 15 minutes, it's like one of those like animated movies where you think you see all the tropey things that are going to happen. And they, they do such a good job of like twisting that stuff on end by the end of the movie that I was just super impressed. And, uh, oh, this movie was highly emotional too. Like, I don't know anyone. You'd have to have like a heart of ice to not cry by the end of this movie. Would you say your heart would be frozen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, but, oh, Brian, you, I think you will absolutely love this movie. Yeah. Um, as soon as they take that fucking Frozen short out from the beginning, as soon as they yank that fucking thing, I'll be happy to go see this. Yeah, or just show up like a half an hour late. Yeah. So, but yeah, it really is one of those things where I, I don't want to just kind of like go on and on and on about the plot beats and, and what I thought about different scenes and stuff. Cause it's one of those things I really think you should just kind of go in knowing as little as possible and just kind of see in the story unfold right and what the whole thing's all about. It's I'll, fantastic. Like I don't even yeah. think most people know what the, the name of the movie is even referring to. Did you uh, even talking about that? Did you see this in IMAX? I did see it in IMAX. Is it worth seeing in IMAX? Yeah, it was, it was gorgeous. Um, Sometimes you just forget you're watching animation when you see stuff like this. Like some of the ways they showed the streets during the Day of the Dead yeah. and everything, the lighting and the different buildings and the colors. And then transitioning between the real world and the land of the dead and the stuff going on there was fantastic. There's these spirit animals in the land of the dead that are, can take on like whatever animal form you want as your protector. And they range from being adorable to fierce and mean. And those were a really cool aspect. Nice. Cool. So it, uh, this movie was a, a lot of fun. Very, very beautiful looking and yeah. a lot of emotional impact. Cool. I, I want to see it. I mean, I almost saw it today, but I do want to see it in IMAX, and that was kind of the issue. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the themes of it were just really touched me. I'm a big music fan myself, and, like, to see people rally against music so much as his family members do. Like was like, oh man, you really felt for this kid. At least I did. Like trying to get into the music biz. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, uh, Tupperware, t- Tupperware all the way. Tupperware all the way. Nice. All right. Hey, Steve. Uh, oh, Jake, do you have anything left? No, that's good. All I'm right, good. Steve. What do you got? Um, I actually, I, I, I got a couple quick things to talk about. Um, I. I've said in the past that I, I mean, I'm a big Batman fan, and I wish I would have had more chances growing up as a kid to read the comics and stuff. But I've actually made efforts to go out and start picking up comics, and I, uh, in the last week, I got um, Batman Year One. I'm almost done with that, and then after that, I have Court of Owls to read. Oh, awesome! And um, yeah, and then. Uh, in in my spare time, I've actually managed to get through the entire season one of uh, the Punisher series on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I knew, you sent you sent me an email about the Punisher. Yeah, I, I ended up re- rereading that afterwards, and I was like, oh god, this is full of like a bunch of autocorrect spelling errors, and it makes me sound like a derelict that doesn't know what they're saying. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, for a second, I was like, is this is this from Joey White Wolf? I didn't know what was going on. Um, you know. 
No, that yeah, no, that's totally no, fine. I'm I, I, with you. I, that was right after I had watched. Um, I think I was just finishing up with the third episode, and I had yeah. seen some what I would consider very poor production. Um, it was just a you you hear an RPG get fired, you see the actors react to falling when the explosion happens, but you don't get any like explosion debris. You get like maybe it looks like one cube of foam that falls through the frame and a couple specks of dust. And then just the reactors reacting to it. And it, like, I was like, what the fuck? This pisses me off. Like, why would Some they. Ed Wood shit. Yeah, like, why would they even let that happen? Like, cause, like, when you're watching it, you get that, you hear the RPG get fired. So psychologically, when you see the, when you hear the explosion, you're expecting to see a result and you don't get the full effect of that result. And it was very jarring to me and it pissed me off and really took me out of that scene. Cause it was, it was during the, uh, the flashback scene when he's going nuts on those terrorists and like that just like that that's the season started off rough for me um how did it did you finish it yes i did finish it i actually watched the last episode today okay i'll tupperware the last episode but the rest of the season is a taste it okay yeah um micro's character was the most interesting thing for me throughout the season yeah i can Uh, see that i've i've that's that's kind of like what has kept me i'll be honest with you since we last talked jake i i haven't watched a single episode of punisher but um that was what was keeping me on was the the character of micro this entire time so yeah, I was like that character in the book too. Yeah, yeah, his his story is great, and where where his story goes is very very. Oh, I I like it a lot. And I, but Ben Barnes, I, I've been a big fan of him in the series too. Ben Barnes, he played Logan in uh, Westworld, and he was yep. he's been great in this yeah. series. So he, he's he's awesome in yeah. the series. Yeah. Um, and and the the like. What really made the, the, the finale a Tupperware for me was just it, it was a lot more personal than the rest of the season, I felt. Um, and it, they just did a really good job with that episode, I thought. Yeah. It was just all around just had me on edge the whole time. It was one of those super intense episodes exactly the way it needed to be. I'll get and back I'm, to it. Yeah, I'm not even a huge fan of John Barenthal as the Punisher. I... I'm like a lot of other people have stated that I prefer the Thomas Jane version. I mean, yeah. go dirt laundry, but that was awesome yes, for me. Yes. Uh, but I mean, he's okay. I guess he's, he's not completely terrible. I just, I don't like the fact that I feel like I'm watching Shane from the walking dead half the time. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like we see all these like fucking petitions for like, like let's make the dread movie or let's make the dread Netflix series or like, let's make, you know, like they're talking about getting like, you know, uh, Carl Urban back is for like this, you know, for the dread series. That's going to be on this. We don't even know what network, but we know somebody's producing it. And it's like for the longest time I was thinking like why what what's up with the petitions like why can't we have like the uh, Thomas Jane petition for him to be the Punisher again that never came in. oh it, you know he would in a second yeah well he he did the fucking dirty laundry short you know the Addie yeah, Shankar exactly. short and and I feel like there was such a love for that character from Thomas Jane and uh, that first movie was actually pretty good I I'll be honest with you I've never seen uh, what was it was it Warzone or Oh, uh, the one with Travolta? No, that was the first one. That was Thomas. Oh, the first. Yeah. The second one oh, okay. was the the War, Punisher War Zone. I've never seen that, that film. Ray Stevenson. That yeah. one is 
entertaining, yeah. but I, I, I still prefer, I, even with John Travolta's weird haircut and bad acting, I still like that movie more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The so. second one's weirdly violent. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never got around to watching the second one. I just, it just didn't interest me. I've never seen the Electra movie either. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's pretty that. hilariously bad. I've seen it. But. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna get back to The Punisher. I wanna finish it. I wanna make sure that I get through all these Marvel Netflix series. Is it, is it true that it's not as connected as the other films? Um. Other, other than the Karen connection? Yeah, I, it, it, other than the Karen connection, and I mean, she's only in four episodes throughout the entire season, and, I mean, her character, her character deals with more of a single plot thread throughout the season. And yeah. once that plot thread is wrapped up, then that's kind of the end for her. I mean, and thank God, because I don't need any more of her. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't yes. her. Yeah. I, it's just, uh, she, her, just her acting drives me nuts. I just, I, it's hard to pay attention to because it's just bad. She was fine in True Blood. I mean, it's like, and I was actually excited for the announcement that she was going to be involved in these Marvel stories, and then all of a sudden, her character and um, of Karen Page is just like the biggest fucking Debbie Downer of them all. She's terrible. Anyway, what what else do you got, Steve? Um, uh, nothing else really, other than I mean, we were gonna go back and forth about the uh, Three Billboards movie, right? Well, yeah, that, and then uh, yeah, I saw Three Billboards uh, Friday night. Uh, three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and it's about a mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. It's written and directed by Martin McDonough, uh, who did Seven Psychopaths. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, yes, he did that, and he did In Bruges. And yeah. I want to uh, say you're welcome for that segue into this. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> wow. uh, no, thanks for uh, thanks for bringing attention to it, Steve. <laughs> hey, I, I noticed it. I felt like it was something I could I could say that would be okay. <laughs> no, you're fine, dude. I uh, it stars Francis McDormand, uh, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Caleb Landry Jones, and uh, he's he's had a good year. Caleb yes. Landry Jones, uh, first with Get Out and now with this movie. And then uh, it also has Lucas Hedges in this film. He plays Francis McDormand's son in this movie. Uh, I uh, I had a – man, I don't know about you, dude, but this was uh, – I had a lot of fun with this movie for as dark as dark as dark uh, dark as it is. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's like a – I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a it's like a Cohen Brothers movie meets uh very bad things meets I don't know. It's yeah, uh, that it's, sounds good. It's kinda all yeah. over the place. What did you think, Steve? I, I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. I I absolutely love it. I, I think Frances McDormand, this is I mean, anytime I see her in a film, I loved her starting off in Fargo. Um and she kills it here again. Sam Rockwell plays Oh my Steve, I, can I I'm just going to be 100% brutally honest. Yeah. He plays a goofball, asshole, racist, right? Yep. Yeah. With more a, with, or less, yeah. With That's a, basically his character. With a strange redemption arc? 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that that was really interesting in the film. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, okay, how you had mentioned Seven Psychopaths? Have you seen In Bruges? I've never seen In Bruges, but I have seen Seven Psychopaths because that movie, I was just like, oh my god, I gotta see this because it has that cute little dog and it's got Christopher Walken in it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seven Seven Psychopaths for me. That I mean, I I, I Tupperware that. Yeah. Uh, in Bruges is also a Tupperware. I highly, highly recommend that one. I even think that one is a little better than Seven Psychopaths. I've got I mean, to see that then. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I mean. I, I'm actually like kind of really excited about this because like Martin McDonough is someone that I actually studied um, while I was in film school, and I read a lot of his plays. And um, one play he actually did was called uh, The Pillow Man, and he turned that into a short film. Um, and he's also done a short film back in 2004 that won an Academy Award called Six Shooter with uh, Brendan Gleeson, and he, he's got a style of his own. Um, sort of, I, I almost think of him as like an Irish Tarantino. Um, but like he, he writes original stories and they're dark and they're funny and they deal with serious people in ridiculous situations like this. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this movie, but I don't think it was as good as Seven Psychopaths or, um, uh, In Bruges. Um, I give it a high taste it. Um, I thought the first two acts were, outstanding i mean the acting is on par the writing is on par but um there's something that happens uh sort of be sort of around the second third act of the film and the third act i mean in in the entire movie you're dealing with a a woman who's challenging the police about the murder of her daughter and you know so you're like you're wondering about the the who who done it sort of aspect of it and in that you're getting a story that's not about who killed the daughter. It's more about the effect that these billboards that Francis McDormand's character puts up and the effect that it has on this town. And I think that that was a really great part of the story. Um, it took me a little bit after seeing the movie to kind of realize that. Cause when I first saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Like this, the third act kind of just sent me on a whirlwind. But I mean, I, I don't want to, I want to give it a high taste it just because it just the the whole kind of third act. I mean, maybe 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 I need to see it again, but the whole third act kind of didn't go as well over for me as the first two acts of the film. Like it, it like you had mentioned um, Sam Rockwell's redemption story in there and that happens. And I just I feel like the decision making that kind of happens towards the end is just like, whoa, what is this turning into? And they kind of they cut it off before it gets to that point. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I get that. I I actually enjoyed this film a lot more than I did Seven Psychopaths, another film that I loved. I love Seven Psychopaths, but I actually enjoyed this a lot more. But I, I think you are right that it maybe it does fall apart a little bit. Like you do see a little bit of the loose threads in the third act but i i feel like the first two acts are so strong um yeah you know i woody harrelson's performance is amazing caleb landry jones is so great and uh such a such a charming character and god sam rackwell as much as you hate that character like god he fucking nails it man he's such a great actor 
he really is. I I love Sam Rockwell ever since yeah. I first saw him real young in the Green Mile. Yeah, but that, uh, yeah, yeah. That Caleb Landry Jones kid, he was also in American Made with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and, yeah, that's right. Uh, he had a really strong performance in there. Um, I had actually had brought up around that time that um, – because that was when they were talking about the, the Joker origins story that nobody wants. But yeah, yeah. It's in the in the thought that we're probably going to get it anyways, maybe. I don't mean who knows now with how Justice League is doing. Um, but if we do still get that movie, I would really like to see him as a young Joker. Yeah, I, I th- I'm not I'm not disputing that now. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think he could be a great because I in in American Made he does it really well where he goes from being sort of docile and calm like he is in Three Billboards, but he also makes a really drastic transition of character towards the end of the film, which I thought really stands out. And I think he could pull off being that maniacal, you know, you don't know what he's going to do kind of character that the Joker could be. Hollywood has done a great job of uh, kind of, uh, there's a new crop of creepy young actors coming up, right? I mean, (laughs) no, I I, think about it. Like Will Poulter from Detroit, creepy as fuck. Uh, uh, Paul Dano. Paul Dano from Prisoners. Mm-hmm. Him too. Oh, Even God, um, yeah. uh, the kid that played uh, Lewis Wilson in, in the Punisher series, he's creepy. Yeah, yeah. He's the younger kid that struggles with PTSD. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Fucking foxhole yeah. boy. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no argument. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I, maybe I need to watch Seven Psychopaths again. It's It's been a few years, but I, I like this one a little bit more. Um, I didn't like that it was all – I don't want to spoil anything, but it's not like the tight little neat ending that we're all used to in these movies. You know, It, it just it kind of just leaves everything kind of like up in the air and shit, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I agree. It no, was super I good. I totally see where you're coming from, though, man. It's like I'm not going to dispute your your rating at all. I mean, I totally get that. Um, did, yeah. you, did you also see Lady Bird? I am checking that out in the next week or so. I've got to see that, and I've got to see the Disaster Artist. Oh, what, they're not my next up. They're not fucking playing that here. Rebecca Daling was talking about so, seeing that yesterday, and it's like fuck. They're not fucking. Playing in that shit around here. I will tell you that I went and saw Lady Bird um, and uh, I saw that a couple days ago and before that movie they played the trailer for The Disaster Artist uh, with uh, James Franco as Tommy Wiseau from, <laughs> from, from, from the room and <laughs> it got the best reaction from my crowd, man. My crowd was just... They basically, the trailer for that was just like one uncut scene from the movie that they just let them play. And uh, it was, my crowd just reacted so, (laughs) so positively. Like everybody was laughing. I'm dying because I've seen the movie. I remember the scene. And just like, if that's really what happened when they filmed the Oh Hi Mark scene... (laughs) It's. it's <laughs> I was rolling. Seth Rogen's great in it. Dave Franco's great great in it. Um, and of course, uh, James Franco as Tommy Wiseau is fantastic in it. And uh, I'm kicking myself, Jake. Um, back when The Room was uh, when Riff Tracks, the guys from MST3K, Mystery Science Theater 3000, were doing The Room. 
They yeah. were they were um, having interviews with uh, different people, and um, I reached out to them so I could try to interview like you know Mike Nelson and, and uh, Kevin Murphy and the guys from MST3K, and they said, well, they're not they're not available, but but we we can probably get you with Tommy Wiseau. And I mm-hmm. I never followed up, Jake. Oh yeah, that would have been legendary. Now <laughs> I'm kicking myself. I could have interviewed. <laughs> that would have been legendary. I now. know. I could have interviewed Tommy Wiseau, and it's killing me. Anyway, but I went and saw Lady Bird uh, with uh, Sir Sharon, and and uh, this movie kind of like made headlines because it broke the record for Rotten Tomatoes for fresh ratings with uh, 185. Fresh ratings, which was previously held by Toy Story 2 with 164. And it's it's in a very rare, uh, an elite class of movies that have never gotten like a rotten score. I mean, there's only... Yeah, maybe... the record was like most consecutive positive ratings before it got the first negative rating, right? Yeah, something that, like that's that. That's crazy. And so, um, you know, yeah, huh. that, that's the thing, like with... This film just kind of like uh, everybody kind of loved it, and it broke all these records with Rotten Tomatoes. And you got to understand, like people don't understand with Rotten Tomatoes. Like, there's a lot of people out there that just see like Rotten Tomatoes give like a Warner Brothers DC movie a bad score, and they're just like, man, they just don't like them DC movies that fucking Rotten Tomatoes. They just don't. They're just they fuck DC. That's not how it works. Like Rotten Tomatoes itself is an entity. It's not, guys. Rotten Tomatoes is a site where all the different critics that are out there, they log into their Rotten Tomatoes account, and uh, they're able to post their uh, – basically, they're able to post their thoughts on the movie. And at the end of the rating, it gives them the option of whether they want to rate it as a uh, fresh movie or a rotten movie. So they have a fresh rating or a rotten rating, and um, they either enter in fresh or rotten. And then they take all the scores of all the different critics and then they kind of like put them together and then give you a percentage. And that's what you see. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are saying, ah, you know, Rotten Tomatoes has something against Warner Brothers. Well, funny thing is Warner Brothers owns parts of Fandango and Fandango owns Rotten Tomatoes. So <laughs> Fandango. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's just I get sick of seeing so much stupid fucking shit and conspiracy theories online from people. So anyway. oh, yeah. uh, Speak- go ahead. What? No, sp- speaking of stupid shit that I was seeing on the internet um after the Infinity War trailer dropped and everybody there was if you went on Facebook and read comments you'd see all the DC fanboys yeah trying to say that Steppenwolf looked better and you know <laughs> yeah. shitting on that and then there were all like the mega Marvel fanboys that were trying to defend why Thanos looked different based on him being in different atmospheres and I'm just sitting there <laughs> laughing at both and making fun of both sides of it yeah <laughs> yeah I, honestly hold for me it's that's a thing it's never been it's never been DC versus Marvel for me I am not biased by any fucking stretch I will watch any of the Nolan films before I would watch Avengers Age of Ultron Iron Man 3 or your Ant-Man fucking movie. Any day of the week. I'll watch any of those Nolan Batman films before any of those. Um, I'll watch uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman. I'll watch the 89 Batman film before I'd watch any of those films. Um, it, it's just one of those things. And 
I feel like some of the DC fans are just like they've had a stretch of bad luck where like even though I loved Man of Steel, like you know Suicide Squad was garbage and you know Batman v Superman was even more divisive than you know uh, Man of Steel itself. I feel like a yeah. lot of DC fans that, that guys listen, DC fans you didn't like my Justice League rating. You didn't like Je- Jake's Justice League rating. I'll be honest with you. I, the DC Comics right now, the co- if I buy a physical comic book, a DC comic book, I'd say 75% of the time it's going to be better than what Marvel's putting out right now. And, 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 and If I buy an animated movie, 95% of the time the DC yeah. animated movie is going to be better than the Marvel movie. Very true. And, and, and the same goes for like the CW shows. I, I'm watching Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. I can't wait for fucking Titans, but yeah, good movies turn this all around. I, you know, I we joke about me being a Marvel fanboy, but I, I, you know, I will see every DC movie too, and I want, to, I want to love these movies. Yeah, yeah. I want to feel those yeah. chills. I want yeah. a good fucking Flash movie. I oh. want good fucking Batman movies. I get it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I feel honestly, I feel like Justice League. When fucking Justice League came out, when they tried to turn, like they tried to like uh, right the wrongs. Of like what they thought the Zack Snyder universe was doing, and they got they got Joss Whedon in there to like you know fix all this, right? Okay, so you know Zack Snyder had been doing. Hey, hold on, can I say this, Jake? There is no Zack Snyder cut. No, you would have to put in like you would have to get Zack to come back and and completely overhaul stuff. There, hold on, like okay. it's not over. Like he did, he wasn't finished. Well, the the, the special effects aren't finished. I mean, yeah, what I don't think the story probably, was 100 percent there yet either. Honestly, they, I know, yeah, they, they probably they, didn't shoot stuff. They they filmed nearly three hours worth of stuff, but have you ever watched deleted scenes where it's very rough footage? Yeah, I've seen it. It's I, not it's not pretty. No, no. I mean, there's even scenes where like they've got it completely blacked out because they haven't filled they haven't finished the special effects, or or you'll see like like. Uh, I don't know. You, you, you won't see the final product. You'll see concept of what the final product is going to be. And that's basically – there is no Zack Snyder final cut. They didn't get that far, guys. I mean yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Most of my glee from hating on uh, the DC movies as of late is my uh, hatred of Zack Snyder. Like I <laughs> even before this whole thing even happened, I – hated Zack Snyder before uh, he was attached to doing any DC anything. Not you know? me, man. I, I still have my uh, I still have my <laughs> Watchmen Ultimate Director's Cut with like four or five discs, whatever the fuck it is, and I love that thing. I love 300. I own that. I own my Man of Steel. I love that shit. I felt Justice League <laughs> Justice League, in my opinion, is the Ike Turner of superhero movies. <laughs> And what I mean yeah. by that is that yeah, you got you had you had some you had some movies, some of these DCEU movies like Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman that weren't that great. That kind of like beat you up a little bit and smacked you around. But then Justice League came back and said, "Hey, baby, I love you. Don't worry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." <laughs> I, fe- I see. I feel like it's more like the Tina, honestly. That it, it it took so many beatings that it ended up being what it is. 
No, I, it's Ike. It's Ike. It's, it's, it's apologetic Ike. It's apologetic Ike Turner. The Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman were not that great. And they beat you up. They beat the shit out of you. And then Justice League was, it's apology. Justice League yeah. was the Ike Turner apology. It's the fucking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's, it's Ike Turner. You know, being all mean, you get to see that ugly side, and then it's apologetic, Ike. <laughs> I think I think we're doing a bad job a bad job now of trying to convince our DC fanboy listeners that we're <laughs> 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 that we're on equal level. But I, I agree with the stuff you were saying, Brian. It's not we're not DC haters by any means. Like fucking a, like the justice. I saw this week you talking on Facebook about the. Uh, justice league cartoon and them trying to get all the you know voice actors back for that and that's like one of my favorite fucking things ever man yeah two two season run of justice league and justice league unlimited yeah yeah that's fucking television gold i'm retweeting that shit because i want to see him come back and do it man so it's television fucking gold yeah. i love that shit i own all that shit on physical d de- it's i am trying to purge myself of all physical media and like one of the few things I can't get rid of is are those box sets because I don't know if DC streaming is going to have that. I don't know where that's going to be available, but I have to be able to have those four seasons of you know Bruce Tim Justice League. <laughs> you can't stuff. tell me, you can't <laughs> tell me, dude. What we've been watching with the DCEU is amazing shit. I don't care who you can't convince me. <laughs> Some people can tell you that. You're wrong about that. People can tell you it until they're yeah. blue in the face. It's the whether or not you uh, can be convinced. I, I love it when people say, hey, it was okay. <laughs> 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 you know, this is, that's what I love. I love it. It was fine. Fuck fine. It was the Justice League. It was the Justice League movie. Yeah. I it's not fine. that. This I don't see how anyone that loved Batman v Superman could see anything else but a mockery in Justice League of everything that Batman v Superman was yeah, that they loved. Everything that it set up. Thank yeah. you. I I was one of the people that I I recognize BVS is like a, a guilty pleasure for me. I recognize that it's not a good film, but yeah. I really still like it a lot. I mean, I just I, – I get that that little kid Batman enjoyment kind of – I mean, I really like what they did with that. But that's really what ruined Justice League for me was the goofy, almost Jack Sparrow-esque portrayal of Batman that they had going on. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know uh, how we got started talking about uh, Lady Bird. And then uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Now we're yeah, talking about and DC. Now we're trying to make DC fanboys feel better by shitting on the PBS <laughs> and Justice League. Yeah, I'm, I'm comparing I'm comparing Justice League to one of the most notorious wife beaters in history. <laughs> I know. I, I think that I think the point I think the point we we set off to try and make was that I mean regardless of Marvel or DC whoever's making it we just want to see good fucking movies. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about Rotten Tomatoes. That's what got us into this. I know. It was I, the I, Rotten Tomato I, executive yeah. streak that Lady Bird got. I know. Mm-hmm. I said that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I said Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Anyway, Lady Bird. I saw Lady Bird. It's set. <laughs> it's set in the early 2000s. It's actually set in uh, 2002, and it goes to 2003. Uh, an artistically inclined 17-year-old comes of age in Sacramento, California. It's written and directed by Greta Gerwig. Uh, it stars Saoirse Ronan, uh, who actually hosted Saturday Night Live last night. 
Um, she plays Christine Ladybird McPherson, uh, Lori Metcalf, uh, Marion McPherson. She was the uh, Aunt Jackie on Roseanne. And oh, nice. This all this movie also has Lucas Hedges. Uh, we saw him in uh, Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. He played the son of Francis McDormand. He plays Danny in this movie. So he's had a good year, too. Uh, I loved this movie. It is so funny and so candid and so... It doesn't... It... it, it, it it doesn't hide anything. It's like you've got teenage girls and they talk about what teenage girls talk about. It's not like one of these cute little rom-com bullshit teenage girl movies. Like there's a scene where these girls are talking about turning on their uh, – and I know you ladies do this and, don't, and some of you might not do it, but I know some of you do because I've had plenty of girlfriends that told me that they do this shit with the fucking uh, – the bathtub. They turn on the water and they let that shit hit their clit and then <laughs> – you know what I'm talking about, Jake? No, I do not. Okay. All right. Guys, we jack off, right? You ladies like to turn on the flow of that fucking tub. You like to turn on your faucet in the tub, and you like to let that water hit your vagina. Yeah, I know. Don't, yeah, don't act like you don't. All right? I know some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but some of you like to hit like that water pressure. You like to let it, you know... Flick the clit and then that gets you off. Yeah, I'm being graphic. Fuck off. The movie does it um, for me. Anyway, I think we've been long overdue for a Brian is drinking episode. I have been drinking. I don't give a shit, man. This is part of life. (laughs) People fucking masturbate. And people need to know. People need to know that women masturbate too. I had an ex girlfriend. I had an ex girlfriend. She masturbated more than any other guy I've ever met in my entire life. And it's not like I talk to guys about their masturbation all the time. But on the flip side, you'd think guys would masturbate a lot more than women. No. Every night before I went to bed, I guarantee. Guarantee you, I'd say like one out of every other night, I was like, I was like, like the other side of the bed was shaking because she was flicking the bean. I guarantee fucking <laughs> tea you, she was obsessed with masturbating, and she would tell me about how she would throw her legs up in the air and like let the water hit her vagina and all this shit and all her little tips and tricks and her tactics for getting off. Uh, she was a pervert. <laughs> she was a fucking pervert. I loved her. Goddamn it, I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, but yeah, these girls are talking about that in this movie, and uh, it's very candid, and it's like uh, it's a post nine, you know, post nine eleven movie that happens in Sacramento, California, and that does come into play, you know, because this girl wants to get out of Sacramento and go to a school in New York City. Um, it's very, very funny. Um, it reminded me a little bit, some of the relationship that she has with her mother kind of reminded me of the relationship that I have with my mother. Um, and, uh, so I, uh, this, this movie is, uh, a little slice of life, slice of life film. Um, it's, it's very touching. It's, I think everybody needs to see this. It is, it is absolutely fantastic. Saoirse Ronan is so good. Saturday Night Live did not do her justice. She didn't really have like one of those characters that they gave her that made her shine. But this, uh, this movie is, it's, it's a Tupperware all the way. Maybe she didn't have much time this week to be there in person. I know a lot of times that happens from reading a lot of the behind the scenes stuff is if the actor is busy promoting the movie that week and isn't able to be you know, at New York in the studio, they don't get as juicy as stuff because they can't, you know, really 
count on what they can do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that may very well may be the case. It's just she, you know, she just didn't have that. I think, like, the standout sketch that they wanted to give her was, uh, like, the, uh, was it the, the, uh, on the, the, it was the plane sketch at the very end. I don't know if you, have you seen it, Jake? No, I haven't watched this week yeah, yet. You should watch it, though. I Tupperware this movie. I think it's great. I loved it. Sounds like you had a fucking awesome week at the theater this week, then. Yeah, I was. I wanted to make time for that. I wanted to make time for some of these fucking movies. Like I've been, I've, I've been dying to see Lady Bird, um, and because you know I love Saoirse Ronan. I thought she was great in Hannah. I absolutely loved her in Hannah. I loved her in Brooklyn, which came out a couple years ago. And then I was like, okay, this is I got to see her in this, and I, I loved this movie. And then Three Billboards, when I saw the first trailer for that, I was like, oh my god, this looks fantastic! I got to see it. So, um, and then I also went and saw the final movie for um, Studio Ghibli's uh, Ghibli Fest 2017. They played Howl's Moving Castle. Um, oh, awesome! And so I went to four out of the six of the uh, Ghibli Fest movies. And I loved it. I'm just going to give it a Tupperware. It's a Miyazaki film, and it's absolutely fantastic. The animation's amazing. The characters are amazing. I love it. Um, and right now, Best Buy is having a sale on Studio Ghibli films, uh, where some of them are regularly anywhere from $17.99 to $22.99. You can get all of them right now for $12.99 on Blu-ray. So I actually yeah. today purchased, like, five of the Miyazaki films. Yeah, that's a good grab because that's the first time they've really had any sale on those. I've always kind of kept my eye on what the prices are on those. Yeah, um, I got uh, Nausicaa, uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Um, let's see here. I got Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away. Yeah, so I went and got – I think I got five of them total. And Howl's Moving Castle. So, yeah. Nice, nice. You're pretty much two-thirds of the way of having the collection, then you're good to go. Yeah. All right. That is all I got for Good Pop, Bad Pop. So we are going to stop here, come take a break, and come back and do whatever the fuck we can do and then finish this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I, I've got – no, honestly, I thought we'd be done by now. Oh, no. really? I thought this was going to be an epic episode. It's not epic. This is garbage, right? Well, I mean, epically. Like, I thought it was going to take a bit. We had a lot to unpack. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll be right back. Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Baking pancakes, that's what it's going to make. Baking pancakes. Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Baking pancakes, that's what it's going to make. Baking pancakes. Hey, all right, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that laugh for? There's my hype, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Jake, yeah. you are my flavor flame. Thank you, sir. Let's bring it on home. <laughs> all right, guys. It's time now for the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye. Read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right. Pop Culture Leftovers. Quick news. Fucking news. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
Gangster as fuck, yo. <laughs> you know, hey, cooperation would be gangster as fuck, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> A sense of order would be gangster as fuck, boys. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sense of order. <laughs> Yeah, guys. Gangster a fuck thing ever. Yeah, that would be gangster as fuck, guys, if we could uh, get through this with a little bit of integrity. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, the Hellboy reboot has an official release date from Lionsgate, January 11th, 2019. The old hell, but that's quick news, boys. That's all. I just wanted to throw. It's got a release date. I thought they, you know, they are fast tracking this thing, so I guess it is early uh, 2019. But I thought that this thing might be out by Halloween uh, 2019. <laughs> yeah. I thought it might be out by next, not summer, but like late, like August, September, October, around then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I, you know what? I'm really excited to report this. It's and it's not like I'm a port, reporting official news. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, and honestly, I don't give a fuck. Um, Russell, what? yeah, I I don't know, Jake. This might be one of those divisive movies that you 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 don't care for. Uh, Russell Crowe took the Twitter to tease a sequel uh, that me and my father we've actually talked about this for years, and I actually texted him this story uh, when I read it. Uh, a sequel for Master and Commander. Oh, it's the only movie I've ever left during. I loved <laughs> this movie, and I don't care what you say. I no, it, no, okay. It, um, it, I really want to see this movie. I um, for some reason, when they filmed this movie yeah. to uh, mimic being on the boat, they actually have uh, the okay camera kind of doing the swaying back and forth the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And I got about 20 minutes in, and I I actually walked. I vomited in the bin that you're supposed to like dump out the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I shit you fucking not. Like I'm not, I'm not one of those people that threw. I saw Blair Witch fucking three times in the theater without a problem, but 15, 20 minutes of Master Commander, and, and I was really enjoying it too. It was like yeah. one of those things where like, well, that fucking sucks. It's because- a great movie, man. It's really good. It's directed by Peter <laughs> Peter Weir from The Truman Show, Dead Poet Society. Uh, he did a. Uh, uh, the witness with uh, Harrison Ford about the Amish. That Amish. Movie. It's an it's an epic book series with a ton yeah. of source material yes. for them to draw off of. Still, and they teased a sequel. Steve, did you ever see Master and Commander? Um, yeah, I did. I I enjoyed the movie. I, I thought it was good. It's it's one of those movies that is, I think, worthy of being used to teach people how to make movies the right way. Did you vomit? No, it's not. It's not. That's exactly what it's not, Steve. See, but it, the, see, but that's the thing is if it, like, if the filmmaking was that good, yeah, and, and it made you feel the way you did to the point of vomiting, that's good filmmaking. They they set out to do that and they did it. It worked. If you have to, no, 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 if me vomit, that if, makes me upset. If the movie is so fucking good that you have to take bonine pills. For seasickness before you see it, that's a damn good movie, Jake. Yeah. I've always wondered if I watched it on a smaller screen, like not, you know, the yeah. movie theater, if it would affect me that way. But I've just never got around to it. Yeah, yeah, you should. Oh, man, I love this movie. Anyway, Crow, Russell Crowe himself tweeted that there's still hope for a sequel. This is something that I've wanted for years. He tweeted, 
For the Aubrey Maturin lovers, I do hear whispers, indeed, that a second voyage is perhaps potentially pre-proposed a possibility. So, O'Brien affectionates and aficionados, let at 20th Century Fox know of your pleasure. I have. I've tweeted at them. I've let them know that I would love to see a sequel to Master and Commander. So, More like at Disney. Yeah, th- that's what I said. I actually, if you read my tweet, I said uh, at 20th Century Fox or at Disney by the time you get this, uh, at the, if, if you purchase it by the end of the year, please give us that mask. That, you fucking basically quoted my quote, uh, my tweet. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, I didn't know you did that. I did. I actually did. Um, but yeah, if you loved Master and Commander, please uh, tweet at 20th Century Fox. Let them know that you'd like to see a a sequel to Master and Commander. This is something that, you know, that movie came out in 2003. I've been waiting 14, 15 years for this, and it's something that he has teased in the past, but it feels like this, it seems like now is now or never. So I, I hope that this does get made. Uh, David S. Goyer is in talks to direct a Masters of the Universe film. Uh, He-Man, yeah. So the previous director on the project, McG, is out, and they were like, oh, who can we replace McG with? Yeah, good old fun times McG. (laughs) Yeah, good old fun times McG. They're like, you know what, David S. Goyer. So, yeah, David S. Goyer is in talks to possibly direct Masters of the Universe. Uh, I, you know, I really, I don't know if it even comes down to, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get the right, you gotta get the right guy to play E-Man, don't you? I mean, first, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm supposed to take He-Man Masters of the Universe seriously movie. I don't, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. Hey, they, uh, they cast Chris Hemsworth as, uh, Prince Adam. Does that change? That's even more proof that they're not going to take it seriously. That it's going to be, you know, fun. What? What? You? You? Oh, you don't want a fun? You don't want a fun Masters of the Universe movie? You want to? You want no, a I, dark, I, I, dark, I gritty Nolan? I do. Um, that's the only thing that would work as a fun movie is what I'm saying. Like with David S. Goyer, I expect ri- like rigid, serious yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. They're talking about a release date of December 18th, 2019 for this one. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, not a big fan of that announcement of possible David S. Goyer to, uh, directing. Um, that sounds drab. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to go over quick news here real quick, too. Brian Fuller and Michael Green have left the showrunners for the Star series American Gods. That news comes from Variety. Yeah, I'm bummed. I'm fucking bummed the fuck out. I mean, great casting. I mean... Uh, I mean, Ian McShane was absolutely fantastic in that first season, and to have two different showrunners or a different showrunner altogether for the second season just bums me the hell out. I hate What's it. What's the story here? Why Why did they leave, do you think? I, Jake, I don't know. I mean... I, you know what? 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 What are these? What is it all the time? It's creative differences, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it might have just been one of those things where it was understood from the beginning. Maybe they were going to come in and they left. Kind of. G- I mean, they left the show. I mean, this is like. This, I mean. I mean, this is like this. This season ended like a few months ago. I mean, everybody was expecting them to come back. Like this is why this is why Brian Fuller left Star Trek Discovery was to do this. 
So yeah. <sighs> that's too bad. That's too bad. I don't know. I just so, this was pretty well received too, right? I mean, I thought American Gods was pretty pretty critically liked and got some pretty decent ratings, right? Yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic show. I loved it. I you know, of course, I did my I did a podcast on it, but. Well, that doesn't mean you had to love it, though. Very true, and I thought it was great. Very tight, uh, you know, eight episodes for that first season. Um, Ricky Whittle, who played Shadow Moon in that first season, I didn't know how this guy was going to work out, and he did. He did great. And there's a lot of uh, people that are hoping that he's going to be playing Green Lantern in an upcoming DC film. I would love to see that happen. I think Ricky Whittle would be perfect. To play John Stewart, so Pablo Pablo Schreiber was great in American Gods. You know, uh, Leif Schreiber's brother, and then you had Ian McShane. Crispin Glover was great. What's um, Emily Browning from? Um, she was in the uh, Lemony Snicket's film, the original one with Jim Carrey. She's old I now. She's great. She was great in Sucker Punch. Was not a great movie, but she was still good in that, and she was great in this. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, what creative differences were even happening though? Like, I what was stars demanding that these made these guys leave? Like, I, I'm he- I'm curious to hear more here. I don't know. There's I don't think there's an official story yet, as far as I know. Like, no, I don't they, think so either. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear more. Sure. I mean, like, once they get onto their next project, they announce their next project, and they start to get into interviews and have some press junkets. Uh, press junkets. I'm sure that they're going to release that information, like why they left, because like. Brian Fuller, Michael Green, they they killed it on that first season. And I'm like I'm really worried to cover the second season when I go back and recap it with Ashley, you know? Yeah. I mean maybe maybe it was they got a big money bonus for leaving and doing something else possibly too. Maybe there was no bad blood with what the story was gonna do other than, hey, here's this huge offer that you can't refuse. Yeah. And now it's time for the next project, you know? Yeah, we'll see. Like, maybe they're just, like, those guys that, like, come in there and set the tone for the first season and then leave and go on to another project. I mean, that's exactly what, you know, what uh, what happened with um, Star Trek Discovery, you know. So we'll yeah, see. Abrams kind of dabbles in that a bit, too. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Boom Studios miniseries is now finally being adapted to film. And I t- actually, I talked about this on an episode two years ago in Pop Culture Leftovers, but nobody got to hear it because it was one of the lost episodes that uh, ended up not being recorded. Um, anyway, THR reported Richie Keane, who directed the Ice Cube Charlie Day comedy Fist Fight, has come aboard to helm the project that adapts the Boom Studios comic. Um, and the comic is uh, Imagine Agents. Have you guys heard about this? I have not. I Same. either. I loved it. I it was a four issue miniseries, and it came out in 2013. It's from um, uh, was it Brian Joins, and the artist was Bachan B A C H A N. Just went by one one name. I I actually. Prince. I actually have um, I have the full run, but like right in front of me, I have issue one, and I loved. Oh my god, I loved this book. It was so much fun. It was um, basically it kind of reminded me of Men in Black. You had the story tells 
of an organization that handles cases related to children's imaginary friends. When a vengeful imaginary friend materializes in the real world and kidnaps both a young boy and his imaginary friend, the boy's mother and two agents must work together to rescue him. The son, meanwhile, realizes that he has to save the world from an invasion of imaginary friends who have become very real. And um, Michael Keaton is involved in this project. He's set to produce and also was set to star in it when they announced this a couple years ago. But um, I, I've got the first book here. The, it, it's 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 really 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 good. I remember I'm opening it up right now. Like in the first issue, you see like this little boy, and he's got his imaginary friend who's kind of like this uh, this little pink like teddy bear type character or pink yeah like this little this little pink creature. And basically, what happens is like like when the when the kids hit a certain age, like I think it's like I want to say six or seven, their imagine their imaginary friends go away. Like as soon as they blow the candle on their birthday cake, like their imaginary friend disappears. Like this one imaginary friend that means like the world to them disappears and then the kids start to forget about them. And that's what you see here in this first issue is like this little girl talking to like her yeah, it's a little girl talking to her imaginary friend, like this little pink fluffy looking character and then it's you know she's talking to him the whole time about how she's excited for her birthday and he he knows that it's that day the day that he's gonna go away and she blows the candle as she's talking to her imaginary friend and then turns around and doesn't see him and then just forgets about him and it's really sad dude it's that is super sad yeah yeah and so like you next time you see this character this little pink imaginary friend he's like walking into this town it's a town where imaginary friends live after they've retired from their child so it's kind of like but they're also like watched by like this men in black type group so it's like men in black meets toy story meets um what it's was that? inside outish it sounds like well i was going to say that Fred Savage movie with the monsters under the bed or whatever. I don't uh, know. Little monsters. Little monsters. It's it's a little bit of that too. I I, I don't know. I I loved Imagine Agents and I I I think that this could be a really good movie. Don't expect it to be anything mind blowing. I think it's more one for the kids. Um, but um, you know, I, you know, with Michael Keaton involved, I, I think it I think it could be very good. Don't look for, like, an adult-type story. And I, I think the special effects, I think it would be very much along the lines of kind of like a Men in Black-type story. But, um, yeah, a little cartoony. Yeah, yeah. I think this one is for the kids. But I think, like, this is one where, you know, you could take the kids to go see it and they could enjoy it. You know, it's like one of those movies where, like, you get Michael Keaton in there. Maybe you get Jack Black to play a role. And, you know, you got, you got yourself a movie, you know? <laughs> so, I... Yeah. It sounds like there is a lot of really clever stuff going on there. Yeah, I liked it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this is something that they talked about a couple years ago, and I thought like it, I thought it had died out, and they, they weren't going to do it. And it sounds like they're going to actually go through with it. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's see here. Let's move on into Marvel News. Marvel News.
news. I ain't got a fucking lot, guys. Uh, Screen Rant had uh, some uh, some shit they were talking about with the new uh, Venom movie. Uh, a Tom Hardy fan Instagram account, TomHardy.org, leaked multiple photos from the uh, Venom set, with one showing Hardy wearing military-style gear. Although the behind-the-scenes photo doesn't showcase the character's entire costume, from what is shown, it's possible that Sony's Venom movie may be borrowing elements from or be based on Flash Thompson's Agent Venom version, a recent incarnation of the character that has Thompson working for the military after bonding with the Venom symbiote. Now, of course, it can't be Flash Thompson himself because Flash Thompson... We've already seen Flash Thompson in the Tom Holland film. Unless yeah, he's not Tom Hardy. Unless this is a completely different universe, you know, altogether. Which we don't think it, we don't think that's true. They no. want that Tom Holland money. Sure, sure. They they definitely want to incorporate that. But this could definitely be kind of like an Agent Venom situation, though, right? Maybe it's still Eddie Brock, but still with the plot of the right. Flash Thompson stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, maybe he's being uh, you know I don't know. That I, makes me that makes me not excited. Well, did the other story get you excited as well? More excited than this as yeah. the first new Venom movie that we're gonna do military Venom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, with the what? What about the the rumors of Carnage and everything? So is it is are they using him as a, uh, a as a weapon to fight Carnage? Yeah, let's just smush all the different types of Venom together in one big plot. Yeah. So, oof. I don't know. I'm not going to count. It's Tom Hardy. I'm not going to count him out. I love the guy. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were the one that ran that Twitter account, actually. What was the name of that Twitter account? (laughs) TomHardy.org. Yeah, is that you? Yeah, somebody's going to make make a joke like, (laughs) TomHardy.org. Fuck you. Is that Um, one you? No, that's not me. No, okay. I don't run it. I don't run the site, but uh, I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I got for. Uh, I mean, there there was some. We other, talked enough Marvel. Yeah, we talked enough Marvel. There was some quantum realm news and shit like that. I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on into DC news. Yeah, fuck Marvel. We like DC. Here we go, DC <laughs> news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right, I'm going to start off with a DC email. Actually, two DC emails from the same guy, and it's from Jake Johnston. And he uh, sends me an email. What, the first one was titled, uh, The Next Episode Will Suck. So he's basically, he's Babe Ruth, he's calling it, he's saying the next episode, you are right, sir, this episode, <laughs> this episode does suck, you are absolutely right, Jake. This, this is an Insta classic. No, there's two Jakes on this episode, uh, you and then Jake Johnston, and Jake Johnston is 100% right, this episode does fucking suck. Uh, he goes Jake on, Johnston is full of shit. <laughs> no, he <laughs> is not full of shit. And he goes on to say, Brian, still listening and loving every episode. Was wondering if you have watched any of the Flash season four with the thinker. Uh, Jake, I haven't missed an episode. Um, I, I am two episodes behind on the new events. Uh, I have not watched, oh, excuse me. I have not watched the Flash episode and the Legends of Tomorrow episode for the new event. Uh, but I, uh, I'm going to start those and finish those. What is yeah. that, Crisis on Earth X? Yeah, Crisis on Earth X. And I've watched, like, the first two episodes. 
Um, but he's asking if I've watched like the, any of the Flash season four with the Thinker. Yes. Uh, for the most part, the season started off kind of rough. Uh, the episode before the uh, the Crisis on Earth X was great. The origin story with the Thinker was fucking tremendous. I loved that episode. I thought that that was kind of like a great origin story and great setup for the thinker, this guy that we've seen kind of like just kind of like creep in at the end of each episode. So I absolutely loved that. I thought it was fantastic. Um, he also wanted to know what I'm thinking about uh, the uh, the the event. Um, Jake loved it, gave it a Tupperware. I'm two episodes in. I've I've, I've really enjoyed it. Other than the fact that uh, I love the fights, I've loved the battles, I just don't like the fact that they've spent so much time talking about Oliver and Felicity's relationship when Nazis from another Earth are trying to destroy their <laughs> Earth. I, I think that maybe Oliver and Felicity can put their relationship on the back burner while they have Nazis from another Earth trying to take over theirs. I think that maybe that shouldn't be, like, the forefront of the episode. Priorities. Exactly. Like, you know, (laughs) let's get back to that maybe. You know, yeah, you can introduce it in this episode. But maybe you can, like, I don't know, follow up on that when you have your own regular episode that's not part of the event. Uh, I I don't give a shit about Felicity and Oliver's relationship. Um, So that kind of, like, bothered me. Uh, but that was it. But other than that, I'm really enjoying all of the uh, the CW shows. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about Kiersey Clemens uh, as Iris West in these Flash films. See, she was cast uh, for the uh, the Flash film uh, back when Rick Fumiyawa was still directing the Flash film. She did that movie Dope, and he was the director, and so he brought her on. And then he left the film, but Kiersey Clemens, she stayed on, and they even filmed scenes for her in the new Justice League movie, which didn't make it to the final cut. Uh, but now, could she be cut from the entire film? Because they, they I guess, uh, Justice League VFX artist and Reddit user LDN underscore films, who re- recently said this, on Reddit about Clemens as Wes. He said, I've said before, we were replacing Clemens with a digital woman in the shot. Clemens was brought on because of Fumiawa. When he bailed, it meant Warner Brothers could recast her. That's around the time the shot was cut. Now it's been leaked online with her in it. They'll probably stop all the work being done on it to replace her to stop fan backlash. So, like, this reminded me of Amazing Spider-Man 2 when Shailene Woodley was cast as Mary Jane. And then they ended up cutting those scenes so that they could recast her for Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 3, which never happened. Yeah, yeah. Is this a big loss for you? Are you upset that we're never going to see this? A little bit. I, I think Kiersey Clemens was really good. In the dope movie, and I think that Kiersey Clemens could have had some really good um, chemistry with Ezra Miller. Um, she's she's a she's a talented actress. I, I think she would have been a very good Iris West. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not familiar with her, so I can't. I'm not yeah. one to say here. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like fucking like uh, you know 
lose my shit and be like, fuck you, you know. You know, <laughs> you know, that's not my iris, motherfuckers, and like, you know, boycott the fucking film over this shit. But I honestly think that she could have made a damn good Iris West. Okay. So it is a bit of a shame. A little bit, yeah, absolutely. You know? Um Yeah. So. I'd agree there. Did you see Dope? Uh, yes. She was fantastic in that. Wasn't I think she yeah. would have been great. Mm. So that's unfortunate that yeah. that had to happen. But maybe she would have been a better Iris West under the direction of Rick Fumiawa. So who knows? Because we, we don't even know who's going to fucking direct this film. Now, there's still a chance that Kiersey Clemens could be Iris West. Like, this is not 100% confirmed that she's gone. Out with the old, in with the new. It's not 100% confirmed. And since this has been leaked, her scenes have been leaked they are still talking about there might be enough fan backlash to keep her in the role. And Kiersey Clemens actually has come out quoted. uh, She's quoted uh, to say, you know, yeah, she was only there for Rick and, but you know, she's waiting to see how everything kind of pans out. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way if, if they recast or don't recast, but um, you know, I, that's who I've kind of thought, like, that's who I thought they had planned for the character, that, you know, for the longest time. I've kind of like, yeah, Kiersey Clemens is our Iris West, and I actually thought that we were actually going to get to see those scenes in the movie when we saw Justice League, Jake. Like, I thought we were getting those scenes with her. So I'm actually for this decision, uh, even not being familiar with the actress. I, I would rather casting be based off of someone that we test that has great chemistry with uh, Miller more so than preference of an actress based on doing well in another movie. So, you know, maybe that was kind of what happened. I suppose. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think that she could have really good chemistry with Ezra Miller around the same age. And I, you know, I'm sure she could, but it, it doesn't feel like that was initially the reason she was brought in was because of a good chemistry. And so potentially maybe that just didn't exist. I feel like she was brought in because she had great chemistry with the director, which I think yes. the director would have some say in maybe like, you know, who we want to work with as far as like the flash is concerned. So, yeah, but now that director is gone. So sure. I mean, we yeah. can, we can test new actresses and we could potentially get better. Yeah. I don't so. know. I just, I don't, I'm basically going off of past history and how this has worked out. I didn't really like the way it was handled in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And so with with Shailene Woodley, um, I, I – We never really saw the after repercussions of that with the whole thing just falling apart in the end. No, 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 no. Hold on. Let me, let me finish my thought. My thought is the way that fans reacted towards Shailene Woodley. And, you know, and I, I get it. She's not – like the comic book version of Mary Jane. She's not like this drop dead bombshell beauty. I mean, Shailene Woodley is, she's more of like the girl next door. She's very, she's pretty, but she's not like your Megan Fox kind of like drop dead bombshell. And I get that. I get okay, that. Okay, fair. And so I just didn't like the way that the, it felt like the studio kind of like bent to that a little bit and like kind of replaced her because of that fan backlash. 
Mm. See, I had no knowledge that that was what was going on here in the Flash circumstance. No, like, no, no, I'm no. And not I'm not saying to... that. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's exactly what's happening here. But it feels like it's just like a way for like the studio to – I don't know. It, it, it just – you never know. I, I'm just kind of like – maybe I'm comparing it too closely and I shouldn't be. So. I'm just not as surprised by the news as I as I am with the stuff that happened in Spider-Man beans that the director specifically brought her over and now that director isn't there anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, who knows how comfortable with the project she was even at that point. Yeah. I don't know. I think that it would have been a I think it would have been a good thing for her. She's kind of like she's put a lot of she's put her time in on this. It's just, yeah. it's unfortunate. But on the other hand, she's not on Twitter, like, shooting out comic book pages of Iris West all the time. Like, she's obviously not fangirling over the role by any means. I don't know. I don't follow her on Twitter, so I couldn't tell you what she I, If she was doing that, not sure that we would all know that she was a giant, you know, fangirling all over the place. There'd be blurbs, bullet point, clickbait articles about it all over the place. Oh, I'm so, I, fangirling. All I'm saying is, like, it's, it's you know, like she's been associated with this character for the past two years. For a year and a half to two years, like she's been, like that's who we thought we were getting in as Iris West, and it's like, you know, to put that kind of like time in to kind of sit around and wait, and then all of a sudden Warner Brothers is like, ah, eh, no, we're not going to use you now. You're gone. See ya. When she could have been doing other things in the meantime, like she's even filmed scenes for Warner Brothers for this character. No, know? I hear you. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, but like if, know, if it was that big of a details. if it was that big of a deal like we recently saw the movie it come out with Will Poulter and like he pulled out of that movie because he didn't like he didn't want to they got a different director that he didn't want to work with like she was still willing to play this part even after Rick left okay that's fair so i don't know i mean whatever I, I, I think she would have been fine. I think she's a fine actress. I think she's very talented, and I think Dope is a good reflection of like uh, of how talented. I mean, you yourself say though, like she would have been fine. I mean, we can do better than fine, right? Oh yeah, I know. I say that a lot. I actually, I think she could have been excellent. I do. I think she could have been a great Iris West. There's the potential there. I don't think that like, like the fine is the ceiling for Kiersey Clemens. Kiersey Clemens can only reach the pinnacle of fine. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Kiersey Clemens has the potential to be a fantastic Iris West. If Amy Adams, who I think is an excellent actress, has the only the potential of being a fine Lois Lane, which that's all she's been at this point. I haven't seen an excellent Lois Lane out of uh, Amy Adams, who I think is an awesome actress going back yeah, and watching some of the films that she's been in arrival and uh you know uh what, what, what was the other movie that she was in uh with christian american bale hustle. yeah american hustle she was fantastic in those movies and yet she's yep. a mediocre lois lane so i as far as like you know uh the bar for iris west and what kiersey clemens could have done for the character i think she has the potential to be an Excellent Iris West. I think like the sky's the limit when you compare her Iris West potential to what Amy Adams has brought to fucking Lois Lane. So let me rephrase yeah. that. I think Kiersey Clemens could be a fucking phenomenal Iris West compared <laughs> to what Amy Adams has done uh, with Lois Lane. But uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. I agree. The Amy Adams bar is pretty damn low now. I know. Oh, my God. Fuck. Lois Lane is a character pretty low right now. 
I mean, anybody can step into that role and do a better job than she has. So, and I, 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 I so part of that's I blame the writing. Um, anyway. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. That role made me hate her. <laughs> yep, like her love Snyder. He's yeah. not great with the females. Right. Uh, John Cena uh, has posted two in, uh, two images on Instagram. Uh, both of these images were Watchmen related. Uh, one, I thought they were going to be Ferdinand related. Ferdinand related. What's that? Uh, that's that stupid fucking bull movie that he won't get off my TV about. Oh, I, I have no clue. I'm not following. <laughs> Is that like Ferdinand the Bull? Are they doing a remake Ferdinand- of that? Yeah, Ferdinand the Bull. He's like the animated bull. It's the new Illumination Christmas animated movie. Well, it's an it's an old animated short, right? Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, weird. Uh, John Cena posted uh, two images on Instagram, both Watchmen related, and one was the comedian's button, and then the other was uh, Doctor Manhattan. So that's uh, leading to speculation that he could be cast or is in talks to join Damon Lindelof's Watchmen series. On HBO as Doctor Manhattan, so are we going to see some uh, John Cena blue dick in our future? <laughs> oh. bum, 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 blue dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the meme would come back in a heartbeat. Uh, you can't and, see me. Yeah, oh, please no. I don't want this. Yeah, that sounds. Wow, I was just starting to turn around and get excited for Watchmen, and I'm not a John Cena hater by any means, but this seems weird. Well, I mean, none of this is confirmed. I mean, for all we know, they could guess uh, Kiersey Clemens as Doctor Manhattan, Jake. So, She'd be uh, fine. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> wow, oh, that's crazy, man. You know what's weird about that though is the father of uh, Ezra Miller in the Flash movie. Was well, Doctor Manhattan from Zack Snyder's film? Mm-hmm. That is weird. Yeah. Anyway, full circle. Ah, full circle. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, John Cena <laughs> as Doctor Manhattan. I don't like it. No, who does? It sounds terrible. Yeah. Do you think he's petitioning for it? What, what, why would he post pictures of the comedian's button? Of course, he's. Who wouldn't be petitioning to be in the new fucking? HBO series based off comic book characters and a really famous one at that. You know? I, me, I wouldn't. I don't want. I, I wouldn't want them like well, yeah. you showing my uh, glowing blue penis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it would be cool to see Michael Fassbender as Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. That'd be good. Right. Right. If, if your penis is glowing blue, you definitely need to get to the doctor. <laughs> Why are we back on this, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, I'm I worried. Got worried about, again? No, I'm, dude, I'm worried. I'm booking that appointment tomorrow. Like I've been, like this whole time, I've been like on WebMD, just like. <laughs> Searching for answers. I don't want. I don't want to see these pictures. But if you need me to, as a friend, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to let you know he's there for you. All right. So you're saying uh, Michael Fassbender? Is he like? Would he do TV? Yeah, he probably needs it at this point, right? He. I think he would do. This. It's not TV, Brian. It's HBO. No. Well, you can you can say <laughs> I could, that. I could see him getting into that. I don't. I can't think of who I'd want to see as the comedian, though. Man, I don't know. If we're casting John Cena as fucking <laughs> Manhattan, then who gives a fuck at that point? Yeah. Oh, fuck that idea. Set it on fire. 
<laughs> I can't get my brain around that at all. No. <laughs> they got like <laughs> the British Bulldog is the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, we got, they can get they can get Rey Mysterio Jr. as Rorschach. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is the uh, tugboat still alive? Can we have him do something? <laughs> I, chances are no. <laughs> they, yeah, there's a fifty percent chance that any of these uh, <laughs> these wrestlers could be dead. Yeah, yes, especially from the '90s. <laughs> or hooked on drugs or something, right? Pain pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah the pain, old back pills. Yeah, pain pills are a big part of their life, right? <laughs> <laughs> can be can be they tri- tried to kind of clean that shit up though yeah anytime you do one of these documentaries on one of these wrestlers i guarantee you like you know there's a whole chapter on pain pills yeah what's the big one that they get hooked on i'm trying trying to remember its name so the viking is that a good one no, no it's the big one. Oh crap Oxycontin? that's the one. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's the one yeah. or like percocets or something like that yeah yeah, the oxys. That's the one yeah. you're Oxy. getting them. Oxy yeah. cotton, the fabric drug of their life, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're basically just taking a pill form of heroin at that point. Yeah, it's true. Uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> what do you think about that, <laughs> that Avengers stuff? You really think that Wakanda is going to be the last action scene? <laughs> Are we back on that now? <laughs> oh, speaking of Wakanda, Brian, did you have any luck convincing anybody that Wakanda was real? Nobody knows what you're talking about, Steve. That's a very <laughs> That's true. No, you're bringing up something from the leftover army page that, like, like uh, that, that our listeners <laughs> that aren't on the page have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. The That's army okay. stuff. Only our cool listeners know. Yeah. yeah, inside joke. Inside joke, and you guys are all left out. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a little joke that I was going to try to convince uh, at least one person today that Wakanda was a real nation, and I wanted to I wanted to kind of post that as a joke, but on the flip side, I wanted to think to myself, you know, in my spare time, I wanted to sit back and think about some of the people that are on that page. I guarantee you there were some of them that were Googling it. They didn't know. <laughs> they, had to, they had to see for themselves. I would think that. The people in that group, for the most part, would know, right? No. Ugh. No. I would hope. No. I Ugh. guarantee you. There was, At least 80%. I would say one out of... F- one out of ten. One out of ten. One out of ten people had to look up and see if Nick Wakanda was... A- you gotta understand, like, you know, fucking Jay Leno goes out in the street and asks, asks all these people these questions. Remember that? Remember when he did that shit? Hey, what's Wakanda? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? And, like, some of these people will try to act, play it off. Like, yeah, you know, like, and I guarantee some of our listeners, some of the people on that page thought Wakanda was a real nation. That it's not just a fictional Marvel nation. And um, I guarantee you, there's some people that were doing some Google searches, trying to trying to correction Tuesday my ass on that shit, and they found out that oh fuck, it's not real. <laughs> and uh, the, you know, Carmen San Diego had to come to the realization that uh, they weren't that good at geography. <laughs> uh, Carmen San Diego. Yeah. What do you think? What was the name of the cheesy acapella band in the PBS show? They were called acapella. 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, it was Rockapella. Rockapella. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hit it, Rockapella. With the uh, with 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 all the talk of my penis, I thought you'd call him Cockapella. This episode, Jake. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't know. What do we got? What do we got here for uh, Star Wars news? Uh, I got an email here from Nevada Dave. He says, uh, your interesting conversation on episode 211 concerning... I'm not going to play the bumper. Fuck it. Uh, your interesting conversation on episode 211 concerning the direction of the Star Wars universe and the potential of a future that doesn't center around the Jedi made me think, what if the Jedi are about to undergo the equivalent of the Protestant Reformation? The Jedi would be the Catholic Church, like organization with the other Force users splintering off to form their own religion. Keep up the great work, Nevada Dave. What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. I, I just woke up. <laughs> All right. All right, moving on. Thank you, Nevada. What would you call that Star Wars movie? Revenge of the uh, Protestant? <laughs> Revenge of the Protestant? Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's been confirmed, uh, guys. No, thank you, Nevada Dave, for uh, the email. Um, I'm glad that you enjoyed our little discussion there. I don't really have anything to say, though. No, no. I was. I don't have much to say to that at all. Yeah. It's been confirmed, guys. Uh, there's no Lando Calrissian in uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I saw that. I watched the uh, Jimmy Kimmel special. Is that where they actually confirmed that? Uh, it was actually confirmed before that, but they that's, you know, there were articles before that. But, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. Hmm. They were uh, they were making fun of Ryan Johnson on the Jimmy Kimmel show about it, about the uh, Porgs. They were saying he could only have either Porgs or Lando, and he chose Porgs. Yeah. <laughs> and they were kind of razzing him about that. I think it's so. – uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think it's stupid as fuck that you have Star Wars Episode Eight with no Lando Calrissian. I mean it's just dumb to me. It's stupid because in this movie, Jake, Steve, there is a whole planet called Canto Bight that is dedicated to gambling. And you can't throw in Lando fucking Calrissian – into a scene? Just I'm, a cameo? I'm this move. Just a cam come on, it makes sense. If you're gonna have a whole fuck no fuck off. If you're gonna have a whole <laughs> fucking planet that revolves around goddamn gambling and you can't fit in a scene of Lando Calrissian, then that's just whatever. Then that's, they're just That's th the equivalent of throwing in the cheesy C three PO R two D two shit in Rogue One. Like we're gonna get we're not going to get Billy D, but we're going to get Lando in Han Solo, and that's right around the corner. We don't need a cheesy cameo in Canto. Yeah, I think we do. Eight. I think we do. After Han died, after <laughs> after no, after after uh, Carrie Fisher passed away, I think we do need a little bit of an injection from a legacy character at this point. I you, do. You have fucking Luke. I know we got Luke. <laughs> we always knew we had Luke. But you know what? You can give me something else. Story. He's not some dumb, campy Easter egg. That's dumb shit. It's not dumb shit. On a pla it makes sense on a planet that's dedicated for fucking gambling <laughs> that that's where he would be. 
You're not. You're... All right, Steve. Let's put Steve on the spot, Steve. <laughs> oh, it, no. That's fucking oh. dumb shit. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's dumb shit that a fucking gambler would end up on a planet that, that's that's gambling. Oh, dumb shit to oh, have some fuck off. the audience fucking stupid Star Wars. No, 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 no. It's, uh, can't disagree with anything that Ryan Johnson did for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Just got to go along with everything. No, it's a dumb decision. That's not what I'm saying at it's all. Not a, it's a dumb decision. If you're going to have Lando Calrissian show up, I, he's not going to show up now. And I get that. He's no, not gonna, good. He's, he's not going to show up in episode nine. It would, no, it makes sense. you got a fucking casino planet. A good. casino Everybody fucking that was planet. In the other movies doesn't need to show up in this movie. Oh, wasn't yeah. The Lando Are you telling me that they don't, they don't have fucking like uh, dollar shrimp? Dollar cocktail shrimp <laughs> on this fucking planet that Lando Calrissian ain't showing up to the goddamn buffet line. You out of your goddamn mind, Jake. Hopefully the bouncers turned him away and said, <laughs> "Get your campy shit off, fucking this <laughs> bullshit." Oh he's God. there. He's rocking. No, he's fucking eighty years old, rocking that goddamn cape and in line at the, with the, the sneeze guard, and he's getting his fucking three cheese macaroni and his fucking shrimp cocktail. And he's sitting down for a game of fucking poker. You, be, you better, you better believe your ass. Then, is the camera gonna pan over to him and he's gonna like wink with a sparkle in his eye and give us the double thumbs up? Yeah, and he's gonna, you know what? Like he's that. gonna beat you over the head with a Colt forty-five. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I choose do, a side, Steve. It's civil <laughs> fucking war. I, I do have, I do have an answer. I think it would be cool to see Lando in episode eight. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I, Bunch of pushovers. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, we are getting Lando in the Han Solo movie. Yeah. But like to have Billy D. Williams just show up to even just reprise the role just as a little nod to the character in the actual Star Wars film, I think would be cool. You've got the um, perfect setup here, right, Steve? I mean, it's like yeah. it doesn't make you've got a you've got a you've got a uh, a casino planet. Like if it okay, it makes sense if you're gonna put him in there, and it would be nice for some of us old fans. I mean, <laughs> we, no, Carrie Fisher's gone. Yeah, I hate it. Carrie Fisher's gone. Han's dead. Jake, you spoiled that for everybody, and now you're saying fuck Lando Calrissian. I love Lando. I can't wait to see him in the Han Solo movie, and I'm excited to see how that plays. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about Donald Glover. I'm talking about uh, oh one of the no! I'm most excited about the Han Solo movie. I'm talking about Donald Glover as Lando. Talking about I need to see washed up Billy D. Williams winking at the camera. Yes, the fucking. The back table. I need OG Billy D. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Billy D in a casino, even winking at the camera, would I think at least be better than C3PO and R2D2 just randomly placed in like a hangar. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> the that's the equivalent of what you're getting here. I don't. We don't need that. No, he's saying it's better. It's yeah. better. No, it's it's barely better. Like, I don't know, just the thought of C-3PO and R2-D2 in a garage like that, it was just kind of, it was, it was off-putting and it was weird. And I think Billy D being in a place where you would expect a character like him to be, and even if he's, even if he ends up not being there, like, <laughs> there should be some sort of, like, I would think legacy that he left behind so people know who he is. Yeah, maybe like a statue them. in the casino, like a wing, maybe. 
Yeah, something like that, or maybe even like he gets mentioned through conversation or something. Like <laughs> statue for a gambler. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Like somebody hitting big at a casino, and they give you give you a free room and a free dinner or a free breakfast. But no, no, you're so legendary. We're gonna make a statue of you. Shut the fuck up. Oh man, a statue. Oh, here's our legendary gambler wing, and uh, over there. You can see our bronze statue of Lando Calrissian. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he just. What a great poker player he was. You know what? uh, I like fucking Watto a lot too, and he likes to gamble. Maybe this would be the perfect place to have Watto fucking. Oh yeah, we could. We could have a hall of champions of gamblers, Jake. <laughs> yeah, we should just have all at the same table, all waking at the same time. <laughs> you're telling – no, you're telling me that a guy in his retirement would not go to a casino planet? Shut the fuck up. Yes. Be there at the exact same time that important stuff to do with the next saga is going on. What a coincidence. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me. And then he could be like, hey, guess what? I'm – Finn's dad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And Mace Windu will show up. No, you're not. It's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hated that shit when everybody was trying to connect Finn to one of them. It's ridiculous. Ah, uh, jeez. Uh, uh, anyway. I, we I ended, we episode, ended strong. Yeah, this episode definitely turned around in the end, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if, this were, if this were figure skating, we really nailed the landing, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's see. Here. Hey, we had some high points there in the middle. I think I, I, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I shit. Uh, let, let's end it on. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, Daisy Ridley spoke with Glamour about the Last Jedi and revealed that there will be another emotional scene between her and Leia. Um, in the first movie, guys, we, you guys remember that Leia passed Chewbacca to hug Ray. And uh, a lot of people were like, you know, why would she? Why would she pass you back? Cause she knows him more. She, why is she hugging this girl? Um, is it anyway? Chewbacca's a big, tough Wookiee. He didn't need the emotional support right away like, like Ray did. Do you think it's because – I still think it's because – I still think it's because she's a Kenobi. I do. I mean, like Han – everybody talks about, like, the way Han looked at her too, that he had his suspicions as well. And, I mean, him and Leia, they named their son after Ben Kenobi. So. Yeah. I thought Leia just felt, you know, just compassion for a, a strong female and knew she needed the emotional support right yeah. then and there. You don't think you, the Kobe idea. You don't you don't think you don't think Chewbacca, who'd been palling around with him for the past thirty fucking years, who was his life partner, needed a fucking hug, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 this, this, this fucking, this delicate, no, this delicate little fucking flower that spent five minutes with Han Solo needed a goddamn hug, didn't she, Jake? Leia could tell. <laughs> oh, bring it in, Ray, bring it in. I know you've spent ten minutes with him. my brain when you're screaming things like delicate little flower. <laughs> 
I can't formulate a response now. <laughs> I don't even know. That makes me not even know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I'm crying. Holy f- yeah, yeah, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Last Little Flower. Anyway. <laughs> Revenge of the Delicate Flower. <laughs> yeah, Revenge of the Tulips. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, Daisy Ridley, she talked with Rolling Stone, and, uh, oh, hold on, hold on, I was talking about that emotional scene, uh, she had a quote, this was, uh, uh, Daisy Ridley's quote, she said, the last thing Carrie and I filmed together was emotional for a variety of reasons, it's the end of the film, and all of this crazy stuff has happened, there's this moment that we share, and thinking about it now, I realize that it's going to be really hard to watch, because it will seem like a goodbye, even though it wasn't at the time. You know, she and I went through a similar thing at different times as Star Wars heroes. She's had the most insane life. So by the end of this film, number one, like this quote is basically saying that Leia's still alive, right? Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they, as a writing standpoint, I if they reveal who Ray, what well, do you think they're going to reveal Ray's lineage here? They, they, Jake, they've been saying that we are going to know Ray's lineage by the end of this film, right? That's okay, been well, like what they've been teasing. They, all right, if you accept that as truth, yeah, then the Leia character is basically the Yoda from Return of the Jedi, where she's the character that's going to confirm the crazy shit we just heard as yes, a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the answer is, that none of that matters. Ray's going to bring that to Leia, and Leia's going to be the one to confirm that new information as solid. So we, the audience, and Ray know that, yes, indeed, blank is your father. Yeah. Or what, so I, I could see how that could be very emotional. What about her mother, man? Is that not important to you? Same thing, same thing. It's just because it's Star Wars, that I, is my father line is what... What, what I went to. I'm just giving you shit. Her dad's probably in Canto Bite playing a game of craps. Anyway. No, Jesus. It's not Lando either. And Jake Winking with fucking Lando. And Jake rejoiced. And some, for some reason, some cheesy-ass scene you guys oh, yeah. want. Yeah, that's a cheap scene. That's a cheap scene to see a fucking gambler on a casino planet. That's a cheap why, scene. Why do we need to see that? Oh, Jesus. Why not? Why would you not? Does Lando need a fucking can of beans or something? What's going on here? A can of beans for broke. Lando? What do you, what do you, what, 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 what no. Broke? What change.org fucking sites are you on? Can of beans for Lando. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what, 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 pick your battles, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, that broke me again. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, Daisy Ridley, uh, I'm going to end it on this. Daisy Ridley talked with Rolling Stone, and everyone uh, started reporting that after episode nine, Daisy Ridley says uh, she's done playing Ray. Here's what the article uh, states. As for Ridley is concerned, the future of Ray is pretty much set. She doesn't want to play the character after the next movie. No, she says flatly. For me, I didn't really know what I was signing on to. I hadn't read the script, but from what I could tell, it was really nice people involved. So I was like, awesome. Now I think I'm even luckier than I knew then to be a part of something that feels so like coming home now. 
the hmm. fuck? So it sounds like it sounds like she wants to still be a part of it. <laughs> I mean, the article states that she's done. That's what every every new every outlet was reporting that she's done after episode nine. Yeah. The, the swerve is is that she's done playing Ray. It's that her new name will be Darth Plagueis. Oh jeez, <laughs> Darth Ragius. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So mm. she's she's not Ray anymore. She's now winking Lando. Uh, all right, yeah, these uh, Lando jokes, good shit. Um, <laughs> Steve, I mean, okay, I mean, wh- what do you think? Are you a big Star Wars guy? I do like following the movies. I I don't get much into the animated stuff as much. I just I, I don't really sure. have an an outlet or access to it. Yeah, but as far as the movies go, I, I'm I'm current with everything, and I've I've liked a lot of it. I, uh, I out of the the prequels, I I I have to say that uh, Phantom Menace is my favorite, despite Jar Jar. I just I really like that movie and how it's structured and everything, and like that that lightsaber battle at the end. You just you, it doesn't really get better than that. Sure. Uh, yeah. But in, as far as like Ray's character being done, I mean. I assume they're going to take a break before they, they go on to give us 10, 11, and 12, or are they not planning on doing that? I mean, I I feel like she's done for, for now doing the character because, I mean, do they have any plans besides the spinoff movies? See, this is the thing. Like, I, I, film? I mean, Lucas always had, like, nine movies in place. But, like, this is not Lucas. Like, Disney owns it now. So it's like, that's what I don't get, is, like, people are like, okay, yeah, you know, Lucas had, like, his nine. We're done with the nine. Now we're done with the legacy. Now we're done with the saga. Now we're done with the Skywalker saga. And I don't feel like the Skywalker saga is 100% done and set in stone after episode nine. I see, you know, we still know that there, we've got Ben Solo, which is yeah, still, I agree with you, Brian. I think it's yeah. further proof that they're spinning off another saga. Yeah, with the new Ryan Johnson trilogy, it's just further proof that we're going to go beyond nine with Skywalker. I stuff. think that this is Daisy Ridley saying to Disney that she would prefer, like, she's there. I think she's saying, like, I would prefer to take some time off to do some other things. I think that's just her way of politely saying that she would like a little time to do other projects. I think it's a big scary thing. She didn't know what was going to happen here. Well, she doesn't want to be pigeonholed into just playing Ray for the next ten years of her life, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot. And honestly, I think we've said this before on previous episodes. I think we're all we all agree. I don't know about you, Steve, but I think me and you agree, Brian, that they should take a little bit of a time break after yeah. episode nine. Yeah, they should. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely think so. I and I mean, Daisy Ridley may be done after nine playing Ray, but if they take a little bit of a break and she goes out and tries to make some movies, there's no guarantee those movies are going to be successful. So, a couple six seven years down the road, Disney waves another check in her face that she very well may well come back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think she will come back and play Ray. I think that she's basically this is her way of telling Disney in a polite way of like, let's take a little bit of time off before I come back and play Ray, so I can do other movies, other projects like Murder on the Orient Express, and 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 you know do some other things 
you know, before I come yeah. back because like, you know, th- one of the great things about Ryan Johnson doing a whole new trilogy is that we're going to get Ryan Johnson doing a whole nother trilogy. The other bad thing about that is that Ryan Johnson's not going to be able to do any like solo projects, you know, which he's, yeah. which I've I've really enjoyed Ryan Johnson's solo projects in the past. You know, brother's yeah, super smart and yes. inventive. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brian. Especially like the prequels, it was every three years a movie. So even those actors got the little a little bit of the luxury of some mm-hmm. some breathe time. But this yeah. is a every two you're putting Daisy through a fucking machine here yes. for three movies. Yeah, yeah. This is like every two years. We used to have to wait every yeah. three. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So So she's going from press to movie to press to movie to press to movie three yeah. three times in a row. Yeah. And I mean I any human being should get a breather after Think that. Think about it like this. Think about it like this, okay? So, like, basically, like, she does these three movies. She's hot. She's the hot thing right now. Um, and then she goes right back into fucking – right back into the machine. It gives her nothing else to, like, you know, stretch her legs with. Like, it's the perfect time for her after the episode nine to, like – Maybe find another franchise that she wants to dive into. Think about it this way. Like, they were talking about Ray, and I'm not saying, like, this would have been the best move for Daisy Ridley, but there were rumors that she could have been our next uh, Laura Croft for the Tomb Raider films. Like, of course, we know that role went to Alicia Vikander, but, like, that was, like, one of the roles that she was kind of up for, but she couldn't take because she's so involved in Star Wars. See, that's the thing with, like, like with, 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 um, um, Harrison Ford, he was still able to play like, you know, uh, fucking, uh, uh, you know, Indiana Jones and Han Solo, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What do you got, Jake? Sorry. I was, I, I got to think that they probably, even with or without what Daisy wanted, mm-hmm. I got to think that even they knew from the outset that it, they were going to do another trilogy yeah. and this time it was going to be every two years. I don't think they ever planned on two years later be it being episode 10 I, I always i have to think that there was always going to be an, an assumed kind of pause here i'm i'm not yeah. i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you at all right there it's just one of those things where i i don't think that oh god they want to definitely lock up these actors though they want to make sure that they get them to come back for that episode 10 Right? Yeah, I feel, yeah. the Ryan Johnson thing to me, though, is more proof in the pudding that the assumed pause was always the plan. They're making sure that there's still plenty of Star Wars content between more Star Wars stories and the Ryan Johnson sure. thing. You could look at it that way, but, like, on the flip side, it could also be, like, the Ryan Johnson trilogy is also another way for them to be able to, like – bump themselves up to Marvel Studios level where they're doing two films a year, which is not out of the question for Star Wars and how much money I don't think those they movies should make. ever do that, I guess is my next argument. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Like I like I think one per year is like way more than we deserve. Yeah. To more than one a year is too much, especially if they're chapter movies. I I think we need these pauses. So. Yeah, if they do more than one a year, it takes away from what makes Star Wars so special. Yeah, it, it ceases to become an event at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, more than – you're, you're going to have a hard time getting qualified actors that are going to want to jump into the machine and churn out movies that fast. So hopefully that's never the case. I don't know. Disney has a way of uh, – you want to make some Disney money? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's not like they're lacking on you know, big movie franchises to make money with, though. It's not like they're only their one Star Wars movie a year is their big blockbuster. Yeah. I don't know, man. I can see like for crazy man Benicio del Toro is like loves that Disney well. Like he's like he's like yeah, I'll be your collector. Fuck it, I'll be DJ too. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. you know, like, I don't look at Benicio del Toro like as just like a fucking sellout actor either. I feel like this guy. Yeah, but he's not really becoming part of the machine by just jumping in and being in one movie and jumping out. And I mean, how, how many days was he on set? For Christ's sakes, like, yeah, not it, it's not like Daisy or it's not like any or Boyega or even Oscar Isaac. No, 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 no. That's commitment. not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like I, I feel like I feel like Disney can attract some of these actors that. You wouldn't normally think would be in like one of these types of movies. That's 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 where they that's where they are. Like I don't think like people are turned off to. Yeah, I mean Star Wars has a history of that since the beginning, though. Even Marvel, I mean, even the Marvel films. I mean, fuck, they got Glenn Close, Michael Douglas, fucking uh, yeah, Jeff a, a New Hope had Alec Guinness. I mean, that was a coup. Right, right. Well, he wasn't the biggest fan of it, but whatever. Yeah, well, that's what made it a coup. I yeah. mean, it was that someone like him did it? You know, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that they, I think that they definitely for for these actors' sakes, let them let, let them take some time off and then focus on the Ryan Johnson trilogy, and then and then after that trilogy's done, then maybe pick it up, right? Yeah, that's what I would prefer. Honestly, I would want one trilogy to end before we pick up with Ch- with episode ten. I yeah. want episode ten to feel epic. Yeah, absolutely. Like holy shit, we're oh where has. Like, we're asking these questions of, like, you know, like, where's Luke been for the past 30 years? Like, by the yeah. time we start up with episode 10, we're like, where's Ray's story? And if, worst case scenario, Ray says, fuck it, I'm out, nothing can make me do this shit anymore, then we'll do what I've always wanted them to do, and we'll jump big time into the future. Yeah, let's do legacy. Let's go way in the future. Absolutely. So, we'll see. All right, let's wrap this fucking... Uh, Shit, this fucking stupid ass crap that we do every week. Uh, hey, Steve, when I'm not talking about uh, teenage girls masturbating in the tub, uh, where can our <laughs> listeners find you? Um, they can find me actually in two different places now. Uh, I do the Space Cowboy podcast, which is kind of my own thing. Um, I have a sort of revolving door of friends that are guests on the show, and uh, we just. We we shoot the shit about movies and stuff and um, occasional news articles. Uh, we don't really stay on topic too much, but it's we we have fun doing what we do. And uh, then I also with uh, Paul Hart from the Leftover Army started the uh, Talking Tarantino podcast, which we recorded our first episode last night for Django Unchained. And um, I believe that I, I can't remember where Paul posted that. Uh, link this morning, but it will be on iTunes in the next couple days. It's called Talking Tarantino. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes, I believe he uh, he had it yeah. uh, a different name, and then we changed it um, to make it a little little simpler. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. We had uh, Rebecca on there, and uh, Lenny, and then Chris yeah. as well. Christopher uh, Hudat. Oh yeah, Christopher Hudat Edwards. Hudat yeah. Edwards. Hudat. Who dat 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 dat? Yeah, yeah. So they were they were on with us. Then that was a lot of fun. But those are the two places you can find me. And then, um, I mean, if anybody's into photography, Instagram is uh, Steve Miller Photo. 
that's where that's the outlets I'm on. Right on. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us this episode, man. I, really I appreciate don't. you guys letting me come on. This is like an awesome moment for me. Like I, this is this is cool. I know. Uh, see, I don't I don't buy that. Um, I would if I was you, I would want a refund. Right, right, Jake, <laughs> wouldn't you? A little bit. On the Tarantino podcast? No, 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 no. Steve's experience on our show. What the? Where the fuck are you? Like, like we're, say, we're pay- I'm confused because we're paying him. No, uh, he paid us. Oh, In experience. No, I don't know, <laughs> Jake. I don't know. You, 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 uh, God. You, no, this was this was awesome. This was a good time. I I had fun here tonight. Like you guys have been making me laugh all fucking night long. So like I I've had a blast. Like it's we've been going for what four and a half hours. Oh I'm, Jesus, I know. <laughs> I, I I've had a blast. <laughs> like this has been great. I I mean I I love doing this 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 whole podcasting thing that I've gotten into. Because of you guys is is a hell of a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Steve. I, 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 no, I don't mean to take anything away from you. Um, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm glad that we can inspire. I, I don't get it, but thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, I just got a tweet. I got a tweet from uh, Z at ZJ Freak, and he goes, "I know, uh, I know the recording right now, but I hope at PC Leftovers talks about the World War Hulk rumors. Do you guys know anything about this shit? What's going on?" Uh, it's World War Hulk 2. Are you talking about that? Dude, I, I, I'm just reading this tweet. I have no idea. Maybe I'm not in the loop here. You know? It's a, com- yeah, it's a comic event. It's a, I slow down. Oh, I think it's just another lame cash in sequel comic event. Oh, uh, so this is, uh, this is the new Marvel event as opposed to MCU stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's like Civil War Two, except now it's World War Hulk. That's right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> False I alarm, I think. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But. I I am picking up more Marvel books right now. I just recently picked up... Uh, I added Hawkeye and um, the new Thanos book because Donnie Cates is writing it. And I love Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates has been just surprisingly amazing um he was at c2e2 last year uh this year jake and but he didn't have his own uh table he did a panel he did maybe a hmm. couple panels but he didn't have his own table listed so you couldn't go talk to him or anything exactly and it was like it was one of the things i didn't know if i wanted to talk to him or not but i like he uh he i went to one of his panels and he was talking about his book god country and then he talked about this book redneck and so I was like, "Wow!" I, 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 you know, I saw him with these books, talking about this this book, Redneck, and this book, God Country, and I was like, "Wow, they, these books seem amazing." I was like, "Okay." So, like, it, the nice thing about you know, the nice thing about technology is like these days, like I have a subscription service on my phone, and so I went to add these books right there from my phone while I'm at C2E2, and uh, then I, I get home. I have these books coming to me, and then I read them, and I love Redneck. I think Redneck is a fantastic book. And now I'm like to the point where like, oh my god, if Donnie Cates goes back to C2E2, I gotta have him sign these books because he's amazing. And so now he started writing. Um, uh, Jeff Lemire was writing Thanos, and now Thanos is being writ- written by uh, Donnie Cates. So. Yeah, that's a high profile book, right around this time, right? Huh? Oh God, yeah, absolutely. So. 
Yeah, Steve. Everybody, check out the Space Cowboy podcast. Also, check out Talking Tarantino. I thought it was called, like, Big Kahuna or something. Big Kahuna Burger or whatever the fuck he... What did he name yeah, it? Yeah, like he said, they wanted to make it something people could actually find if they were thinking about Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, it's called Talking Tarantino, so definitely check that out, man. Yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul likes his long titles. They're they're creative, but they're long, so it's it's hard to probably track those down. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian, you check out your dick, dude. I. <laughs> what do you think I've been doing this whole episode? <laughs> oh man, oh, he's got man. a mirror set up and like red. <laughs> I do. Got some foil taped to his shoe. I do. It's <laughs> yeah. It's insane. I, uh, I, I have, uh, it's basically, I was talking about that Voyeur documentary earlier. I've been life casting my penis this entire time. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you guys can check it out. It's, uh, Um, and, uh, yeah, you can check in on my penis. So yeah, well, just, we know you don't like Periscope, so we can't find it there. Yeah, I call yeah. it, I call it Penoscope. Petoscope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. That's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. All right. And uh, just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Next week. Later, y'all. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all the dumb and poor. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Left over Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, 
Leftovers.